morning, good evening, good afternoon. As long as it's all good, we want to welcome you to the House That Happened, sponsored by Suey's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in the city. We'd like to think it's the best dive bar in Canada because we keep the vibe alive. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. And we're here in a rather Shoeys environment because we do want to let everybody know that Shoeys is rising like Phoenix from the ashes. Well gutted, it's going to be the greatest sports and entertainment bar in the world. We won't be able to call it a dive bar anymore, buddy. Not anymore, no. I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, what's going to look like once it's all complete. Yes, we're well on our way. But the most important thing, and we're going to get to this later in the show, but if you don't know what this day is, for me, John Alexander Cruz, born March 8, 1959, the Detroit Lions are one game away from the Super Bowl. Oh, buddy. One, we're one game away from the Eminem versus uh, Taylor Swift Super Bowl. Oh, stop it. Don't even bring that up. Don't get me nervous. I just want to shout out to everybody that belongs to the One Pride crew. I want to shout out to all the people I know in Windsor, Ontario, especially South Windsor where I grew up, because this could be the most monumental day in history for me personally. I am wound tighter than a golf ball. Oh, boy. I, I can imagine. This has got to be like... I didn't sleep. I woke up about four times. I was dreaming about looking at the game and yelling at people. That's how crazy it is. But if you're a football fan and uh, any kind of a football fan, yes, and any kind of football fanatic, disciple, or whatever you want to call yourself, um, the Detroit Lions, we know their reputation. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I cannot tell you, people, how excited I am about this. Hey, Matthew, Johnny, Gaff, I miss you. Wish you were here for the game. Anything else you want to shout out about to start? Uh, yeah, so last night I went to uh, my sister Alexandra and her fiancé Mitchell's uh, engagement party. We had a great time last night. Thank you for uh, hosting us. Congratulations yep. again, kids. I'm going to be talking to her about her graphic artist skills. Yes. You know, I will yeah. get to that 65 of 65, but that's not for this and show. And don't forget uh, Mitchell's a loyal listener of the show. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate it immensely. Uh, also, just people have too much time on their hands. You think so? Oh, I know so. After this week. Okay. There's so much ridiculous. Oh, first of all, just like, have you heard the hubbub over like the Barbie not getting nominated for best director and best leading actress? Okay. Well, we're not really a political or economic show. However, when there's things that show up in the pop culture world, we do have to take a look at what's going on. Oh, absolutely. On do you think she should have been nominated? I mean, I haven't seen all the movies, so I can't say for sure. But what I will say is that best director and best lead actor, lead actress, whatever, those are hard categories, people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that. it got nominated for, like I think, what, like seven other awards. like, And they're acting like as if like this is the end of feminism that didn't get nominated for those two categories. I'm not even going to go there. but I, but I but our <laughs> that's, how the, that's the reaction online, though. Oh, okay. I'm glad I don't spend that much time there. <laughs> However, our Canadian boy, Ryan Gosling, he did get nominated. He for, did. So how does Ken get nominated without Barbie? <laughs> well, that, it's just a harder category, best lead actress. Apparently, there was like a lot of competition. Oh, I guess. Yeah, it got a best picture nod. It, there was a supporting actress nod. It got two uh, production design costumes and so Barbie two got songs. A best I think. Picture? Did they get a best picture? They got a nominated for best picture. And they ain't winning. No. No, they just got that because of the one billion dollars generated, <laughs> and Mattel must have made a zillion dollars on oh. Barbie stuff, so to speak. You know uh, like I mean? it's funny because like you have all these people complaining, but I've not heard Margot Robbie or uh, Greta Gerwig, the director, complain once. So well, then that tells you what it is. Yeah. Can and I, she got nominated for screenplay too. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, can I just say something about this whole extravaganza? Like my favorite movie is probably The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, which mm -hmm. was what 1967, something like that. 
I have. I think seen, earlier. But. I've never seen the Titanic. I've never seen Avatar, and I've now never seen Barbie. I'm probably gonna keep it that way. Titanic's actually really good. I saw that for the first time a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah, I was I was impressed. It was an overblown chick flick. It's a disaster movie though. With a chick flick, little chick flick vibe. Uh, but it's a good story. Okay, yeah, the boat hit an iceberg and it sank. Yeah, but I it's a love story thing. too. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's What's wrong with some romance? Chick. Nothing wrong with it. Just advertise it as such. Okay, well, you have a problem with that. That's a different story completely. But my point I want to get to also is I think people always miss the point of the Oscars. This isn't the People's Choice Awards people. This is an industry awards show where people in Hollywood pat themselves on the back. That's all it is. Okay. I know it is because Golden Globes is the party, right? Yes, but even, yeah, that's, uh, that's the uh, critics, I believe, that vote for that yeah, one. I think or the writers another, or something uh, yeah, like that. Some association of something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Oscars has like a nice dinner afterwards too, but. No kidding. Before I forget, because we are in the uh, belly of the beast, which is Shoei's. Um, people don't realize this. This has been a live music place for quite some time. And I want to do a big shout out to Rodney Clark and the crew that went to Dubois as the Sons of Sabbath. And that start evolved right here at Shoeys. I seen them rehearse here. I seen them do fantastic shows here. Rodney, I just want to shout out to your huge success and doing great shows in Dubai. I bet you you're blowing them all away, representing the greater Toronto area in ways that the world should know how hard we rock. Stay away from the poop trucks. Okay, that's what I hear. Anyways, <laughs> um, Also, speaking of live shows, if Chewy's is back open for the second anniversary, I would love to do a live show for our second anniversary. Oh, yeah, we'll be in around that time, so yep. we should be able to pull it off. I think so. Uh, and uh, we'll get right to it, I guess. So uh, one of the funniest bits of news this week was uh, obviously Alpha Bro, you're killing me. Here, <laughs> go ahead. Alpha Tori, uh, Red Bull's B team, junior team, however you want to frame it. They rebranded this year. They were called AlphaTauri, but that clothing line is either done for Red Bull or they're like, it whatever, wasn't successful, so they're kind of like shutting it down quietly. So obviously they got to rebrand, right? I guess. Well, you do. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. don't want it associated with the dead brand. Makes sense. I can get behind that. All right. But the new name is... Ridiculous. It, people are calling it the worst F1 team name of all time. Visa Cash App RB, which RB stands for Racing Bulls in this case. Why can't you just call it Red Bull 2 or Red Bull you know, B, Red Bull Junior? Like This is a world of economics. Isn't that Visa in there? <laughs> and, yeah, Visa and Cash App. Okay, it's the same thing when I hear announcers say on TV, the worst name change ever. Everybody knows it was a Staples Center. Now what it's called? A crypto arena, whatever. Yeah, whatever. They just had more money, and sure. money changes everything. That one, that name. one doesn't bug me because it's just one corporate sponsor. I mean, crypto is fucking a scam. We know that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. On a historic building like that, let's hope that the Red Bull Team Two is a little bit better with Visa. I don't have one. Maybe they'll give me a Visa card. Can I get a Visa? Are you a Mastercard card guy? Or? I don't even have a credit. You don't card. have a credit card. No, they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find out on Wednesday. Get, get an Amex. They're like, they got the nice uh, metallic. They're hard. You get some bonuses in there. Oh, okay. I'll work on that immediately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, next up, Australian Open. Uh, concluded last night. Sinner beat uh, Medvedev in the men's single. And uh, Zabalenka is the uh, 
females single champion. I also, I, also, I actually believe that the finals in the women's went off with Goff and Zabalinka in the semifinals. That was a far better match. Believe it or not, since I've been off and just doing my eight hours of sports a day, I watched a lot of the Australian Open. I'm not surprised at all that Sinner won. He went at uh, the Joker, Joker hard. That's the only match I saw. Yeah, he went at him hard with the big serve. He's been rising, though, for the last few years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, Medved, can I, did I say his name Medvedev. Right? Medvedev. He's Russian anyway, isn't he? He is. That's why, That's why they don't show his flag. Uh, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah, they don't, and, not, and Zabalenka either. Yep, yep. Okay, the bottom line is with this guy is when I see him, I think that sometimes we should have put him on our top five bitch category because <laughs> that guy finds nothing wrong, doesn't appreciate the fans. You know there's going to be a little jeering now and again. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that guy cries well, at every moment. I mean, he's also, I feel like, kind of embracing the villain role a little bit with the fan stuff. I feel like he might be playing that up a little bit. Well, then do it properly. Uh, fair enough. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but... I'm not either. And you know what? He was up two sets to love. Wow. And he lost to the last three. And uh, I think it was a kid had nerves to mm-hmm. start. That's what it looked like. But in any event, congratulations to uh, someone else that's going to move things forward because uh, all the old guard is pretty well moved out of the way. And you know when sports goes this way, they need name brand people that are going to mm-hmm. keep the sport relevant. I think the, 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 the majors in golf are, I mean, in, in tennis are, um, are uh, always going to bring people to the table. So oh, to of speak. course. You know what I mean? So congratulations. And he's of Italian descent. Can we say that? Oh, he's Italian. Italian. He's Italian. He's from <laughs> Italy. There you go. Um, oh, by the way, I, um, I kind of bashed um, Dennis Shapovalov. 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 Um, maybe I should pull back a bit because he is not going to be in the Davis Cup due to injury. And that lingering I- injury had a lot to do with him uh, losing in the first round of the Australian Open. Oh, shit. Now I'm hearing that he only entered it because he was a major, that normally with this type of injury, he probably wouldn't have played at all. Uh. So sorry for giving you, but I still want you to pull up your socks, grow your hair, and get back to the guy that John McEnroe said could be one of the better players of this generation. Yeah, that makes me un- a little bit uncomfortable, though, that like he's like, oh, it's a major, I got to go. Like Sometimes you just got to... Take a step back. Well, you can fact check this. We're not really a hundred percent sure if that's the case. If, yeah, but there was some there was some connection because he did uh, d- d- decline the Davis Cup um, thing due to injury, and this was just a couple weeks ago when he wasn't able mm-hmm. to uh, perform the way that he wanted to in the Australian Open. We hope all the best for him, and again, he gets to represent our country in the future. Absolutely. Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame inducted three players into the players category. This, Can I have a quick rant? Go ahead. Name the three guys. Uh, uh, Bel- Adrian Beltre, Joe Mount. Deserving. Deserving. And uh, Todd Helton. Todd who? <laughs> Todd who? Okay, listen, people. I got to say something about the Hall of Fame. And, Andrew, you're going to respect this, I think, in this way. Okay, let's go back when I was your age. I'm saying, and it's all the Hall of Fames now, okay? Not just the baseball, but the baseball seemed to be the one that was the hardest to get into due to the amount of writers, um, personal grievances, all that kind of nonsense. And I'm not going to bring up anything about guys that were juicing. Let's just keep this off the table. What I'm saying is that things are getting a little bit out of line due to the fact that um, the game has changed. So therefore, there's certain analytics that are defining the reason that guys are getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look at it that way, let's go back to the days when we could test the analytics of, say, just a guy like Carlos Delgado. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say this. In their primes, who would you rather have, Todd Helton or Carlos Delgado? Well, I'm a Blue Jays guy. I think I think Carlos Delgado should be in the Hall of Fame. I've made this point on the show. Okay, so therefore he didn't even get it on because they should keep him on for three years because if you don't get that three percent, or rather they yeah. toss you off the ballot, which is a little hard. I think that's I think that's a silly rule. And they should bring it back. But when you're just talking about it, a lot of times they say it should be a scope of the five best or six best years of your career. And that should determine whether or not you're a Hall of Famer. Like Joe Maurer had some injuries at the end. But at a point in time, you could say Joe ba- 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 he won an MVP. Yeah, he did. And he was the best catcher in baseball. Injuries let him go into first base, but he didn't lose his stick. No, no. So, the bat was always there. Yeah, they convert him to first baseman later in his career. So I want to I wanna just shout out to one guy that I'll never understand. If you're going to go back and revisit this, of course we have the Veterans Committee, which is much more solid. It's only 12 guys. And they decide if somebody else is going to get in, which is the reason they invented that is because, in my opinion, Jack Morris was not voted into the Hall of Fame until the Veterans Committee came Mm -hmm. around because it was so ridiculous. But once upon a time, there was a guy in baseball called Mr. Baseball. He's now the hitting coach on the Toronto Blue Jays. And unfortunately, the year he retired, Jeter joined the team and they won a World Series. But have you seen Don Mattingly play baseball? For about six years, he was easily the best baseball player on the planet. At least the best first baseman of his time. Oh, gold glove. But not only that, it was his hitting, his clutch hitting, his RBIs. He had 153 RBIs one year. He was one of those guys that almost hit 60 doubles in a year. Like, Mattingly was everything that baseball was, except he didn't get a ring. I don't know if that's held against him. But the people. Uh, Not so much in baseball, I don't think. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of guys there without the rings. But the bottom line is, if you know anything about the history of baseball, and Mr. Baseball is not in the Hall of Fame, based on uh, he didn't get longevity, Gail Sayers is in the Hall of Fame. And he had the shortest career because you got to have some longevity to it. But uh, Mattingly ended up with bad back problems. That's what in, in the last two or three years. And if that's being held against him because his numbers went down, I don't get it. I think that your stature in, in a professional sporting league was re, re, on the level of Don Mattingly for the consistent period that it was. Um, if you're going to put in Todd Helton, then you should put in um, Don Mattingly. I'm going to ask last Fair year. enough. Scott Rowland got in. That's one. I mean... You, you, can make fun of Scott Hel- you can make fun of Todd Helton, but I mean, he had five seasons in a row where his o- OPS was 1,000. Okay, so where did he hit? What do you mean, where did he hit? He played in Colorado. That shouldn't be held against him. It's, a, it's individual accolades. That's okay, well, I'm going right? to put it this way. His, his, his numbers are amped because he played in Colorado, and if you look at his splits from on the road and away – there is an appreciable difference in it. So, yes, wherever you play, what's ever in front of you, I will give it to you. So his numbers look great, and he did have that. So, look, at Don Mattingly had those numbers. I seen it on MLB Network this week. They were showing. They were comparing guys like Mattingly, uh, Carlos Delgado, and a few guys that just got pushed to the side because they're not living in this age with this type of numbers. There was no war back in 1990. Nobody no. was talking about war and all that stuff. So if you were to compare it to now, congratulations to all three members. Yes. First and foremost, you guys did have great careers. It's not for me to slag you on not getting there. I'm just saying that I'm believing that some of the numbers have now been misconstrued due to the fact that they look at baseball so much differently. For example, look at some of the pitchers that are going to get in in the next 10 years. Because there's like not going to be. I don't know. I don't want to bash anybody yet. But is Jared Cole a Hall of Famer? We, yeah, we had this conversation last year. He has to be now. 
He's got everything. Okay, so I'm going to put it this way. There's going to be guys getting in the Hall of Fame with around 200 wins. There's some guys out there, and I'm going to look them up for future shows that have well over 200, close to 250 wins, and they didn't even get a sniff at the... Uh, um, Different era, though. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm saying that the Hall of Famers have, have skewed their voting tactics on what they're believing is the era of today, ignoring what the statistics were back in the day. So you know okay, what I'm saying? Okay, but, you should, but you should be judged on against your peers, though, don't you think so? Dimatically, six times. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying we're, we're, we agree that was wrong. Okay. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, in the case of, like, okay, a guy got, got 200 wins, but if his ERA was, like, four and a half, five and a half, I don't think that should make him a Hall of Famer. But now if a guy's getting 200 wins and his ERA is, like, whatever, around three, much different story. Okay, well, let's put it this way. In the history of baseball, I seen a number the other day that blew me away. Bob Gibson, I believe, had 255 complete games in his career. Right. In the last five years in baseball, there hasn't been 250 complete games combined. I got that. Okay, so I know the game has changed and stuff, but that's what I'm saying, how the numbers are going to get a little bit. Because, you know, like you got the manager, general manager in the box saying, Paul Barrios. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of stuff, that didn't yeah. happen back in the day. So that's going to affect guys' numbers. So now they're going to say, well, he pitched in this era. The manager did this. We were looking at analytics, so we're still going to let him in the Hall of Fame. I don't think – I think the med, the debate just, or whatever, the conversation is going to look be straight about his numbers. I don't think there's going to be like, oh, we left him in, blah, blah, blah. I don't think there, that's going to be any, any of the talk. Okay, so I'm going to put it this way. I still think that Pedro Martinez is one of the most overrated pitchers of all time. And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's the best five-inning pitcher I've ever seen. Can I put it that way? Oh, my God. You, I, can't, I, I, I can't believe you hate Pedro Martinez. He played for the Red Sox. I, I know. That's a good enough reason <laughs> right there for me, okay? I hate the Red Sox, too, but you got to recognize talent. Hey, Pedro was a great pitcher, great five-inning pitcher. He was good for five innings. Okay. That's okay. Yeah, how many complete games does Pedro Martinez have? I bet you he doesn't have half of what Roy Holiday had. And Pedro Martinez is looked at as a greater pitcher than Roy Halladay. Why can't they both? Why can't we just admire them for both their strengths and? Because I'm greatness? that kind of guy. <laughs> I'm just going to remind the world because in 20 years from now, when I'm gone, all this stuff is going to be looked at completely different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's just like I said. I was very happy. But you're looking at a complete body work. Why? Or why are you like just focused on like complete games? Because That's just I, one aspect of a player's career. Okay, so what happened back in the day? You were known for like, um, okay, put it this way: if you did, if you pitch two hundred innings today, you're getting twenty million. I find that absolutely absurd in my lifetime. That back in the day, let's say when I was thirty-one years old or thirty years old, if you pitched two hundred innings, you were the fifth starter. That's all okay. I'm saying. The evolution of the game yeah. has gone as such that it, sometimes it makes me go really. And it has a lot to do with that famed A-word, which I'm not going to bring up. But it's a fact. A-word. Analytics. Oh. Okay? And I, and, and I want to be on record here saying this again. I respect analytics. You know what I mean? I have. Andrew, you've made me look at them a little bit more closer. Mm-hmm. But that still doesn't um, change my mind about analytics affecting real-time, in-moments games which, with, with which they have done where I'd rather go with the measurement of what's a guy got inside at that moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe he could go out for another I got that. You know what I mean? We're kind so of, I feel better. like we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, though. Okay, but. so we're going to get on anyways. Congratulations to the Hall of Fame guys, and I'm not done with bitching about this. I'll just let you know. <laughs> uh, 
unfortunately, we have to take it uh, into a bit of a sad state right now. Uh, Hockey Canada, or I guess the London Police, um, basically told five members of the 2018 World Junior Team to surrender to the police within two weeks. This was on Monday, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. Well, it's in line with the big February 5th presser that's going to go on in London and give full, de- full de- details of what's going on. Okay, so before we got on the show, we, we made this a point of saying that there's no sense in discussing... Um, who was involved. Exactly, because that's not fair because we don't even know who the victim is either. No. And uh, um, our hearts go out to her. In any event, you know what I mean? Let's just talk. This is a human being here. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, it's all wrong. But I just want to say that this goes to the core of what makes Canada what it is. Like, what are we known for? Hockey. Okay, what's one? Okay, in the history of Canada, 150 some years old, what's one of our biggest moments in our history? Oh, the Summit Series. The Summit Series. Okay, so this goes to the core of our nation. And it's been absolutely, um, how would you say it? It's been put into a quandary because this has gone on. This is like an organizational, generational, old boys club. Yeah, Yeah. systematic thing that's gone on. And um, let's think about this. This went on in London, Ontario, Mm -hmm. which is probably considered the capital of junior hockey in our country. Like, that's a major, like, if you play for the London Oh, Knights, think, yeah, think about all the legends that played for, the, you know, Daryl Sittler, you know. Oh, take it all. Like, there's yeah. a bar in London where you go in there, and it's really, really cool because it's got all the guys that played in the NHL by a professional photographer. I forget your name, buddy. We've gone to a ton of concerts together. But in any event, they've got pictures on the wall of these guys in their London night uniforms, yeah. not in their NHL uniforms, which I thought was super cool. But oh yeah, the, you know, but that's not what I'm getting at. I'm I'm saying, that, like you said, this is systemic. That's gone on for generations. You know what I mean? The hazing. Let's get drunk after the game. And most of these guys are probably underage when you think about it. Oh yeah, chances are uh, yeah. that there's at least a few of them. But like, the thing that sickens me is just like the lack of accountability, the lack of people holding each other accountable at the top level. People knew this was going on, and they tried exactly. to sweep it under the rug with. Your money from registration fees. Thank you. And not it's fucking all, disgusting. Beyond that, and what's really, really crazy, which I alluded to on a previous show, is that um, in a sign of this, you guys have been bad, all the sponsors pulled out. All yeah. the Timmies, we mentioned it, and now they're all back. You know what I mean? Because I think now that we're down the road a bit, everybody's forgotten it. It's a TikTok world. Last week was history. But now they're all back there. But what's, what are they going to be saying when all these allegations come out in the presser on February 5th? That's what, I, uh, uh, that's what I'm wondering. And then and we can't forget either the Nova Scotia investigation from the 0203 team. That's still ongoing. And that's going to continue too. And they've already said, like, like the number one thing on the show is, and it should be this way in the whole world is, don't bring up anybody's names yet. Let's not tarnish anybody till we get to a court of law. Absolutely. I'm just saying that the, the, um, the only thing is, is that when you think of all these blue blood programs around the country, um, dad slipping coaches money to get more ice time, um, going to this organization instead of one organization, is a rampant, um, I don't know, I, I don't know the exact word I want to use, but just think how much this has permeated Hockey Canada for all these generations, and all we want to do is cheer when the team wins. I think that we got to put a balance back on this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because ultimately, 
there's going to be all the people in Hockey Canada that were involved in this are now no longer around. Yeah, they're gone. Okay, so ultimately, who are the scapegoats going to be? The five players that are going to be charged. Now, let's get something straight here. If they did do something illegal, they will be dealt with in a court of law. But I think the hammer is going to come down a little bit harder to show the country that we are really going to stop doing right, this right, nonsense right. forever and ever. But all the people that were up at the top looking the other way are going to skate free. We're never going to hear their names. We're never going to hear nothing about it. And I think that's a weird, weird imbalance, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Like, in a weird way, they, they let these guys down, right? Oh, huge. You know what I mean? Like, wasn't there somebody around? It, it harks back to, but I'm going to give him a bit of a break. We know that Ballard was at the top of Maple Leaf Gardens doing whatever they were doing yeah. at the top of Maple Leaf Gardens, but we knew what was going on down in the dressing rooms when nobody was around at the Maple Leaf Gardens. So, of course, all those people are dead and gone, but ultimately, who are the ones that paid the price? The ones that should have gone to jail. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell me that some people upstairs didn't know at least something was going on? Of course they did. You know Of course what I they mean? did. They wrote the checks. So we, we, we're not going to take too much longer on this story. It's just that we at the house that happened are beyond disappointed, beyond yeah. disgusted. Um, and we're hockey crazies here. You know what I mean? We love the game. You know what I mean? I watched four hockey games last night. I mean, you know what I mean? And um, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's the nature of the game. I'm just going to say that money changes everything. And when you got characters that um, take winning over morals, we have a problem with the structure. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and uh, a lot of people were saying that because the, the Utah expansion news uh, got basically sent out the same day. A lot of people were saying that was like a smoke screen put up by the NHL. That's complete BS. I think so too, but it's very interesting. And I well, because like, uh, and I'll explain why too, why too. Because that Utah expansion media release that was sent to the writers and whatever a couple days before. So this exactly. was already in the works beforehand. And like, no way they were working with the London police to synchronize these uh, the, those releases. That's outrageous. But um, I, it's just interesting, and I I've heard a lot of reasons why, but. The silence from the NHL, the NHLPA. Well, what are they going to say? I'm not sure, but then they say that we understand this. They're going to say nothing. I, I, I guess they have to. Well, when when the when the shoe comes. drops, they have to say something. But for now, like, I think they're just going to kick that can down the road. Okay, so what do you, I'm, I'm very. We will be reporting on yeah. what's going to happen on February 5th well, because I'm interested to see what the NHL, the Gary Batman's NHLPA yeah. is going to say. I'm interested to see what Gary, because when's his all star press conference? Is that Friday, I believe it's scheduled for? Interesting, it's going to be before the presser in London. He's going to be, he's probably not going to say anything, let's be real, but I, I'm he's just a curious. Lawyer. Yeah. He's a lawyer, he's not going to say anything. Which brings us to the uh, situation in Utah, which has gotten yes. rather loud about another expansion team um, coming to the NHL. What's your take on that, bro? I, I think Ryan Smith is going to be a very good NHL owner. No doubt. He's already jumped on the Utah Jazz bandwagon. And, and he's uh, Real Salt Lake, the yes, soccer team. Yes, it is. And, and they want to put it on there. And you know what? Salt Lake could be a um, I believe it could be a hockey city. Oh, I think so too. You know what I mean? Because um, due to the, the skiing, where it's at located, they wanted hockey. I think that the... Um, don't have don't have a football team. Don't have a baseball team either. That's definitely not going to hurt their situation. Yeah, but they, and they, this is big money now. Yeah, and Utah's got money. The thing is, there's a couple of factors that um, they say. Okay, that'll be an odd number of teams again. 
Well, they're just going to expand to Atlanta, too. No, 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 no. Can I say something? Uh, first of all, I don't know if you're going to understand what I'm saying, but Atlanta is never going to be a hockey city because but it's a, in the immortal words of George Clinton of the P-Funk, Funkadelic, Atlanta is a chocolate city. They're going to try again, though. Atlanta, can I say that? I'm black. <laughs> Atlanta I is a chocolate city <laughs> with great... Um, Gentlemen's clubs, uh, some great studios, uh, great cigar center. Coca-Cola, peaches, you know. Uh, isn't Pure Later out of there? Is it FedEx? Yeah, Pure Later's Canadian, so probably FedEx. It's FedEx, one of those places. Is. Anyways, nothing against Atlanta. I heard it's one of the most... Uh, they say that Toronto and Atlanta, because of their diversity hmm. and their accept, acceptance of social mores, that they're two of the more diverse cities in North America. But Toronto has been hockey since the beginning of time. Atlanta is not. If they send it to Atlanta... Well, Atlanta, gonna... here's the thing, too. Atlanta is a weak sports city. Sorry, Atlanta, but... Well, we know why. Now, some of the boys might say otherwise about the Falcons, because I think of the Falcons... Well, the Falcons. NFL's the NFL. That's... But, I mean, the Atlanta Hawks, they're not always drawing in, like... Nope. Uh, who am I missing? The Braves the... are okay. They've had attendance issues in the past, though. They had attendance issues when they were going to the World Series. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, the, the question is, that leaves Quebec in the back row, don't uh... you think? First of all, they're dealing with Canadian money, and the way they yep. dealt with letting Colorado steal the team from them years ago has really put um, Quebec on the back burner, which is a sin because if we want to talk about the validity of the game, the core of why we play hockey and the history of it all, Quebec is a great hockey market. They didn't leave because they didn't get support. Let's get that straight. You know okay. what I mean? You know what I mean? It was more. It was more politics. You should do a little investigative video on this. On the Quebec thing? Yeah. Then maybe I will. Because if you look back on what happened, Pepsi came in the back door, and you know what? And they were going to build the arena, but the politics around building the arena came too late, because mm -hmm. they were playing in that old Colisee, which isn't much better than the, the Rico Center. No, no. Not knocking the Rico Center. Well, the Rico Center is an old building. I think the Marlies need an upgrade there. I believe I talked about that on the show before. Well, that's it's a nice little rink, but like you know, they it still smells like horse shit of that one time of the year. Well, you know? we know that. Um, the only other thing I want to bring up about it is that and I've heard this a number of talking heads in hockey say this, and I totally agree. What's the biggest problem in the NHL right now? Goaltending. Okay. Okay. I, so, I don't know if you're going there, but okay, that's where I'm going. So now we're gonna add. Two more teams. People can't... I think it's going to be... I think they're going to go to 36. I think that's the goal. But the, the dissolution of the product, doesn't that matter? Not to Gary. He's not a hockey guy. You know that. Well, then let's put a team in Quebec. If they go to 36, Quebec's got to get one. I think... I'm not so I, sure. I would, like not, to, I would like to have eight Canadian teams. It's nice and even. You could have a even split on Hockey Day in Canada, you know. But uh, in terms of likelihood, I, I just don't see it. I'm not going to say anything about Because, like, Winnipeg, I mean, their, their attendance is back up. But, I mean, you still kind of feel like they're hanging on by a thread. Okay, but they got that great arena. NHL ready. Quebec? Yeah. I know. It's a beautiful rink. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. And they're all ready to go. But the bottom line is their biggest thing of the year is having that, that tournament. Yeah. The, 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 the Pee Wee tournament. Yeah, the Quebec the, Carnival. The, yeah, yeah, that tournament. That, so you got an arena that's better than most NHL arenas. And it's sitting there doing nothing. I have a, I have a lot to do with the um, 
I hate to say it because we're not that kind of show, but the politics of it all is really going to affect Quebec too. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? But I'm more worried about the dissolution of the game, watering it down. I mean, every team in the league is looking for an extra defenseman. Every team in the league is looking for a goalie. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I mean, the goalie one is bigger than the defenseman one, I would say. Oh, that's a given right yeah. now, the way that it is. And speaking of goalie... Because even, like, uh, I think I said this before, like... Or maybe I said this in our meeting, but every team, like, their fourth liners now are better than, like, their third liners from 20 years ago. I'm not going to deny that. I, I even, like, defensemen. Like, your third-pair defensemen now are better than your second-pair defense from 20 years ago. I'm saying I, I'm not going to... This is an argument for another day in this case, okay? Hockey was played differently. We've got the advance, okay? Where the skating now is next level, no doubt about it. And the it. skill. And the skill. And the stick handling, all yes, that. Yes, and, and the equipment. Sure. Let's add all that in to, to get there. However, I still say that it's a dipsy-doodle league and that I see more Elvis Stoikos out there than I see Bobby Hull sometimes. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. So if we're going to get a game where will it go around in circles, that's what we're going to get. We're going to get every year we're going to have six Anaheims. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. So, mm -hmm. like, if you're going to have a hockey market, I heard something interesting. The Las Vegas um, Golden Knights are in an excellent position right now, but they're top-heavy. And the salary cap's going to come around and bite them in the ass in a couple of years. They're not going to be able you think to... That the, I think they have some good balance on their cap structure. Okay, that's today. That's talking about four or five years from now when they didn't have this sweetheart deal to get into the league. Now, I know George McPhee is... What, well, hold on, wait, wait, but like, how does that affect their cap? I'm saying that when they fall off the cliff and they're not going for the finals every time, is Vegas going to be still showing up to support the team? I don't know. They, we'll see. I mean, I think Vegas is, they got a good built-in fan base, though. They were the first one through the door, don't forget. Money changes everything. That's I, know. I think Vegas is well-run. I think they're oh, I think ruthless they're well enough now. to, like, just throw guys aside if it means getting better. We've seen them do it in the past. I think they're going to keep doing that. That seems to be their model. Okay, well, the proof will be in the pudding in a few years. I think Vegas is going to be, I think they're built to contend for the next while. I'm not worried about them. I hope they lose very quickly. But speaking of goaltenders... Let's talk about the Lazarus-type performance gone on here in the city in Toronto. And if you don't have a big shout-out for your boy oh. Samsonov, this is an unbelievable situation that's gone on for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, I am just so happy for the guy. He has rebounded tremendously. He's, he looks back in form. The Samsonov we all know and love from last year. I know, I know you're a big fan. Oh, stop it. I still think he's overblown. The bottom line is this. I really think that what's cool about the situation is six weeks ago, we were talking about him being the worst goalie in the NHL. Mm -hmm. When he made that save the other night on the 0-2, uh, when he made those spectacular mm -hmm. saves, did you hear the Scotia Bank Center after that? If that, I want to shout out to the Leaf fans for being enough to be supportive where they were throwing him out of the building, but they recognized the fact that the guy went home, tightened up his shoes, came back and has played as well as he is, and they gave him that support, which is going to do one thing, continue to build his confidence. Oh, absolutely. You know, Toronto fans, it's, it's a double-edged sword here, you know? Like, oh, of course. Every if, city. If, uh, Toronto, especially with the Leafs, though. Like, if, oh, you're, yeah. if you're not playing well with the Leafs, it's like go to the corner. But, like, if you, like, you know, bring the lunch pail to work, you know, do your job, try your hardest, like, we'll, we'll recognize that as well. 
right? Oh, yeah, I agree. And I, I thought it was amazing. Like, the like he's got to start the net. Well, whatever they come back, the first game from the All-Star break. Yeah, against the Islanders, I believe, the at home. Samsonov should, has got to be your starter. Oh, he has to be. You know what I mean? No slout to Martin Jones, who I think the fans should be screaming to say thank Oh, he had to. a nice little run. Yeah, okay, there. And your buddy Wall's coming back. Yeah, they're saying hopefully within two weeks after the All-Star break. Yeah, that was High ankle sprains are a little, you yes, know. Yes, we know that it is, especially yeah. with flexibility. But big shout-out to Samsonov. Anybody that can be a reclamation Lazarus-type person in such a short period of time should be given credit for it, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's still, obviously, he's still he got still flops. Obvi- well, that, and, like, he still lets some rebounds pop out. But I'm finding Absolutely. now, like, when he does let that rebound go, he's staying square to the shot. He's putting himself exactly. in, the exact, in the perfect position to make that rebound save. Oh, I've noticed that, too. And not only that, like, he'll always be a flopper. We know that. He flops mm-hmm. and he gets up. So is Dominic Hasek. There you go. But he went to, his side to side seems to be better. Yeah. And his, Everything seems to be better. Yeah. And so um, the word around the campfire, his father came over and sat him down mm-hmm. and said, son, what are you doing? This is your career. You have a family. You've got something that millions of other kids around the, pro- around the world want to have an opportunity to, and you're going to throw it away? So the reclamation project that is Samsonov, uh, I'm not a Leaf guy, but I'm cheering for him personally just to see him better. And speaking of reclamation projects, how did you like the Ryan Reeves show last night? Oh, amazing tip, and then he got in a little scuff at the end of the game. It's it's perfect. Okay, but did you notice that that he ran back to the bench a lot? (laughs) What do you mean? Like he'd get his shift and then he'd get off. Because, Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? But, I mean, his shifts were shorter than usual. And he did give a little spunk to the team. Like, I still noticed that a lot of times that he was on the ice, so as the puck was in the leaf zone. <laughs> well, that last goal, the who was on the ice. Okay, there you go. But the fact that he brought some spark to the team, and we're not, they're not going to have to deal with whether or not he's on IRR, the no. NHLPA, and all that other political nonsense that seems to seep into sports at time, at least they're going to be able to say the guy played. Yeah, and he got a goal in his home province, too. Well, that's his hometown. Yeah. Isn't that what the thing it is? How many games do you think he's going to be playing? Is he going to start the next game? Uh, probably not. Uh We'll get that. We'll get to more of the, the Leafs. At, uh, I think they're going to pick their spots. Like maybe like a game against Boston, they throw them in, you know, some of the more physical teams. Florida, I can see them definitely playing some games against them. Okay, I could see that too. But now here's another question we got to have here. What is the identity of the Toronto Maple Leafs? They played almost the exactly same Dipsy game. Doodle. on what No, they, <laughs> they, played, they played one of the best teams in the league. Um, uh um, a, without what's his name, Mark Shefley? Shifley. Shifley. Um, which is, I'll bring up in a moment. Like they played, that's, that's a couple weeks ago, they were the number one team in the league and they're now still in the top four. Um, one player missing on a team really seems to affect it a lot. Well, and, and both those games, Detroit, or Detroit, Winnipeg had a defenseman leave the game as well, so they were down oh, to 5D. Right. That, that, that happened too. But in any event, both Tor- times. Toronto played a, a, a certain style of game where they, there was a lot of back-checking going on. I see Nylander doing some back-checking in the last couple of games. And let's see how they play down to their uh, when they play the bad teams. We'll see. Well, no, you got to do that because the Leafs are in a situation right now where there's some teams, Detroit Red Wings, are not going away. No. The Lightning are only a point behind them. I you, think I have to finally concede that Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs. Is Kucherov a f- top-five player this no. year? Stop I stand it. by that. Oh, wow. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't back-check. Lead the league in scoring. He's a plus player. Doesn't matter. 
He leads him into the playoffs? Uh, no. Oh. I think there's more complete players that I'd rather take over him. I don't Is he in the top ten? Probably, but oh, top five. Oh, he's at least the top ten. Come on, yeah, he's at least. In the I top mean, we're. 10. I mean, this is such a like. If you're like, why wow, he's not my top five? Ooh, like who cares? No, no, no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying at the beginning of the year when we brought it up, you kicked Tampa Bay into the corner with Kuchar. I still think they're a, they're a very hey. flawed team. Oh, they're, I'm not they're... saying they're not, but I, they've got something that, like when I see them play, like last night they kicked it again, or yesterday they kicked it again. There's something about the way that they play is almost of a... Who they beat last night, though? Nobody. Okay, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But the fact that they won 6-2 was a dominant win. And uh, you got guys like Hedman. You yeah. got guys like Braden Point. These guys are coming out to say they got pride. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, they, they won two Stanley Cups in a row, went to three finals. Uh, the core of that team is still there. And none of those, those guys are just all around 30. It's not like they're old men. You know? Yeah, but I mean, like, Hedman is getting to, like, his mid-30s. Stamkos is getting to his mid-30s. No, they're not. Yeah, they're 33. Okay, whatever the, the case mid-30s. is. Okay, is that what you want to call it? Okay, let me ask you this question, then. Do you want to play Tampa Bay in the first round if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, they'll probably get by. I mean, they're not going to play them again, but I'd rather take them over Florida or Boston, so yes. Oh, in that context, I, I okay, of course. I mean, well, there's only eight teams that make the playoffs in each conference. Agree, but my dog would say that too. Come on, stop. <laughs> what do you it. mean about your dog? I don't get that. My dog would say you'd rather play Tampa Bay than Boston oh. or Florida. Come on. Okay, then. All right. Then so, what are we arguing about? I'm just saying that the Toronto. <laughs> of course, you take the Leafs beat them in in the playoffs last year because Tampa Bay just can keep up with the Leafs' skill. Oh my God. That's what happened <laughs> in the series. The Leafs outskilled them. That is one of the greatest Homer statements I've ever oh, so heard. How do you in think the they won then? The show. They 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 was a great. They played. Their skill level got a little bit ahead. It was a close, close it, series. That's, that was the difference in the series. It was a close series. It was good. I'm trying to be on the Toronto bandwagon. When they when when when. Okay, I'm not debating it wasn't close though. But the reason why the Leafs won is because Tampa Bay couldn't keep up with their skill. Tampa Bay has better structure. I'm not taking that away from them. They're, they they outcoach them. Sheldon Keefe gets outcoached every playoff series. We know this. So the only reason the Leafs got by was because they're top end talent. And that, that's not exactly – it's a very backhanded compliment what I'm giving them. Okay, so you have no trepidation about playing Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Even though they're, they're, they're not going to play each other. Okay, well, I'll just – I'll let you off the hook yeah. this time. You know what I'm Leafs saying? Leafs are going to play Florida in the first round. They're going to get smacked around again. Oh, gee. So I think that Sheldon keeps job safe for the month, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's safe to the end of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they can't change it now. No. You know what I mean? Uh, and anyways, um, I, which I don't. I mean, it might not be the worst strategy because in the off season you probably have some better options. Okay, maybe so, Craig Berube becomes available. Ooh, Gerard Gallant. I feel like Gallant would have happened already. I just think that he pisses people. I off think so well that we talked about. Yeah, he, 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 he just, him and management uh, clash, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the variable of the NHL. Yeah. I'm starting to believe, but that we'll get to that later. Yeah, maybe Shanahan <laughs> wouldn't completely be on board. Um, so in any event, um, as we're looking at it, we're going to take a quick look at the divisions because I'm so pumped about the football today. We're not going to be on here forever, but when we're talking about it. Um, I still believe in the West. The separation is going to be. Well, I wanted to get to a little bit more goalie talk. So, oh, okay. Uh, first of all, your Habs, bro. What about him? The three goalie system. Okay, I've been on record to say what I think about the three goalie system. But how much longer is this going to go on for? This is getting d- ridiculous. It looks like uh, Primo is the odd man out because he's only had one start in the last uh, so many days. It's so, are you going to do put him on waivers? No, they're not going to. They're going to wait to the tread. Nothing's going to go on to the trade deadline. 
Oh, so you're just saying odd man now in terms of like playing he time. He won't get as much playing He's time. He's the one like, you guys are fucking over his development, bro. I, I, I'm not saying we're not. We're in a sketchy situation. We got we to gotta advertise what Allen's going to do. Allen played great last night, even though we lost in overtime. Sure, but like you guys aren't going to get the first round pick you guys no, want. No, we're not going to get any of that. I, I agree totally. I'm just saying that the three goalie system is insane. I told, I've been on record here saying that. The problem with Montreal. We I, and I 100% agree with it. You know, the only smart thing is that Montemont's playing every other game. So we're respecting oh, him sure. as our number one, and he's played great, except for that catastrophe. Well, I mean, you have to respect him. He's your best goalie. There you go. And I think he's going to be a solid number one for years to come mm-hmm. because people are starting to realize the better goalies in the league are starting to t- – it takes more time. When you're talking about all the skill, all the shooting, mm-hmm. all the skating, these goalies are a little bit behind when they're young. So you look at the best goalies yeah. in the league are plus 25. Most of them are pushing 30. Yeah. Montemar is no kid. The way I see it, the development of NHL players, it's like – the forwards, they hit their peak and they develop the quickest. Uh, no doubt. Then it's the defensemen and it's the goalies that are the late bloomers, right? Exactly. And that's what we're seeing in the NHL. That's why a few of the young goalies are getting shelled the way they are because they got pushed up too quickly. There's not a lot of Tuka Rasks or Carey Prices, so to speak, like those type of goalies. It seems to be a development. If you look around, look at the two goalies yeah. on Boston. No, neither one of those guys are spring chickens. No. You know what I mean? And you look around the league, Hollebach, he, he's developed over the years. You know what I'm saying? A lot of goalies are that way. The young goalies seem to be getting themselves in trouble. Because but Boston has another guy in the waiting, too, apparently. Exactly. I heard about that, too. Allmark, I think, is going to be out the door probably this summer. I bet they trade him. I heard that he's at Boston's thinking about maybe trying to get something that they need at the trade deadline. Possible. Skating, I, I think. But I, think I wouldn't that, do it now. I, I, think I hope that they do hard. and lose. I think their trade that trade's way harder to make in season. What about the trade deadline? You don't think so? Uh, but just like you're trading for your like it's big cap numbers, right? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. In the summer, oh, yeah. you have a lot more flexibility. That's my only point. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the benefit. Swayman though that. is is looking like a Vesna contender. Oh, he's, he, he'd he's, be on my top my top three. They'd be all Americans right now. I know Demko. Yeah, Hellebuck and him. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good point. And I, I, I think that all three of them are going to be there. I think Hellebuck's got it to win now, him yeah. or Demko, because where they are in their position. But then Boston's in first place too. But They're the top three teams in the league. There you go. And, and uh, goals against average, et cetera, and goal differentials are all the signs of teams that are um, advancing into the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? That are contenders, so to speak. Yeah, you know but I mean? goalies, they've kind of become like relief pitchers in baseball. You know what I mean? That's Where, not a good thing. Well, I mean... The, Unless you're Mario Riviere, <laughs> you know? But, like, they're the key to winning, especially in oh, the playoffs. 100%. But, like, year to year now, there's, like, a lot of inconsistency. Like, guys who are like, oh, they, he was great last year. Like, in all sense, like, oh, what? My like, New York Islander boy. There's a few goalies. Who else was I? Oh, man, I should have The guy this in Detroit, the guy in Buffalo... All of those guys started the season. They were the talk of, of supposed to be. Well, there. the guy in Detroit, we've talked about this. Yeah. His numbers have always been down. Yeah. I don't know, but they just keep pumping him starts. I know, but they give the other kid a start too. Well, Lyon is taking the job right now. He yeah. should be the number one there. Yeah, he I think that's aggressive. what's carrying Detroit to the playoff spot. Oh, yeah, he, he's been solid. And you know what? Detroit's got a good young defense core. Sure. They do. You know what I mean? Big, strong guys. We're going to wait to see. Um, uh, before we talk about the contenders, though, I just want to bring something up because I have to defend him. Oh, Ottinger was the one I'm thinking of. He has been oh, yeah. average this season. I picked the, him for the Vesna. I know. And I picked, uh, what's the guy in the honors name? Sorokin. Sorokin. I picked him as my 
Vezina Trophy candidate. He, he like he had a bad start. He's been rebounded a bit. A bit. Uh, I'll defend your pick there a little bit, but Ottinger, he's like 900 oh. save percentage, oh. 304 goals against. But the whole team kind of went in the tank when you think about it, with injuries and everything. But that doesn't validate. Sorokin's the fact at least that they, above average when it comes to save percentage. He's a 910. The team just looks a little bit shaky. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to see. I, I think that the number one thing is going to be moving around the league is uh, as goaltenders at the trade deadline. Um, I'm going to. I want to. There's two points that I want to bring up uh, before we talk about our contenders. And number one is how long can the Edmonton Oilers winning streak continue? This is unbelievable. Second longest win streak in NHL history. I think they're going to break the record. Do you see their next few games? I have not looked at their they, schedule. They got no. Pittsburgh. They got Anaheim, and then Ooh. they've got somebody good. Like it might be Boston. What's the record? What's the Penguins' record? 20? 19 or oh, 21. Oh, it's 19? And they won. It was like the last whoever games of the season that they won, too. They but won. they didn't win the Stanley Cup that year, No, they, they lost in the second round to the Islanders. Well, the history of hockey says that every team that's had a monumental winning streak during the season has never won the Stanley Cup. NHL, win, I should, you NHL, should say. Because yeah, yeah, the Norfolk Admirals had that. I think they have the professional win streak. Oh, that record. was insane. What was that? 40 games or something? I don't know. No, it was like it. their last 20-something, and then they lost like all but – or they won all but two games, maybe even all but one game in the playoffs. They smoked the Marlies in the finals. I saw the yeah. game where they won the Calder Cup. Yeah. It was – and a lot of those guys, they're on the lightning. John Cooper was the oh, coach. Yeah, yeah like, Cooper was the coach. Yeah. That's right. Interesting to look at. I want to say Andre Palat was on that team. A few I think guys he would, was, yeah. yeah. Because they, they're talking about it. One thing I want to say is that when you adjust in the NHL, um, the over-under of um, Connor McDavid winning the scoring race or being talked about as a Hart finalist has to be recognized because he has altered his game to fit the situation on the team, which includes killing penalties and back-checking. Like, I've seen McDavid come back in his own zone – Drive a guy into the boards, pick up the puck, and, and go out. I think he might be left off a lot of people's ballots, though, when all said and done. Which is insane. But, I mean, it's, there's been so many. The, and also, it's the wording of the Hart Trophy as well that just throws a giant wrench in all this, right? Like the Frank Selke? Uh, well, that one's a little simpler, but that one's just one where the actual definition and the written definition are not the same. Thank you very much. Uh, the Hart Trophy, it's a bit like a TNT did a portion on it. I don't know if you saw it, but no. like they named their top four contenders. None of them were Connor McDavid. I know that. It was, uh, can I guess? Yeah. Pasternak? No. What? Pasternak? I think they said he would be like their number five. I so believe. Austin Matthews is yeah, one. Yeah, he was one. Because he's American. Okay, Austin. Oh, and also he's on pace for 70 goals. Let's okay, not kid Austin ourselves. Matthews is one. Quinn Hughes is one. Yep. Um, is Demko one? But no. they took the goalies no. out. No goalies were considered. because No goalies. Said, was it, so it was Pasternak? No. No, he's not on he, the no, list. No, no. It was Hughes, Hughes and Matthews. You got those two. Two more. And uh, Nathan McKinnon. Yep. And uh, let me think. Cole McCarr, no. No, no. Different team than the rest. Okay, so what did I say? I got Matthews, I got McKinnon. Uh, you took Quinn Hughes. And Quinn Hughes. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. God, this is the guy you just defended like five minutes ago. Who was that? Kucherov. Oh, of course, Kucherov. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, my boy. Nikita. Yeah, I should have thought about it. And he's only it, a plus five, by the way. That's what I'm saying. His plus is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bring up the analytic that I like the most. I'm going to use it when it's convenient. How's that? <laughs> ah, that's that my, doesn't that's, seem fair. That's the agent in me, okay? <laughs> Is that how we're going to use that? <laughs> 
But yeah, I none of them. Had... I think it's a four. But if if, they, if Edmonton keeps this role going, you have to respect the fact they've won one now, sixteen in a row, seventeen in a row. They were in the sixteen. Be- yeah. Okay, they were in the belly of Moby Dick for a minute, getting ready to be blown out of the hole out of the top of his head. And now look at them, and they've changed the structure of their game. And not only that, you got to give the coach credit because remember they said they just brought him in because he was a buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was part of the McDavid crew. Okay, but look at who else is back there talking about defense. I think Paul Coffey should give get a little bit of credit here. Because oh, the most overrated defenseman in history? Stop I it. I just say that to piss you off. Uh, I don't, stop it, and he gets that We all know, we, just saying, like, Ray Bork was the best defenseman of that generation, even though he was a Bruin, but... Okay, well, we can have that argument for another day. In the offseason, we'll discuss who we think are the best. But Paul Coffey's got something to do with it because the defensemen are not throwing the puck around the net to empty spots, which is the worst thing in the league. Every team does it. When you get a panic, what, do you throw it to a spot? You think the guy's there? I know. I just What about old school? Just hard off the boards and out. What's wrong with that? I agree, but now that they're playing this possession game, they throw it back there because the guy's supposed to pick it up and you rezone out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I heard this too. Sometimes when you're trying to get the possession game in, in your own, uh, like trying to get a goal, and you keep trying to pass your way through, what's wrong with dumping it in the corner and going to get it once in a while? You know what I well, mean? Well, you see that still. Not as much. I, I see it like in the last 10 minutes of a game, mm-hmm. if guys really need a goal. And I'm saying if you've got enough pressure on the team during the course of the game, why don't you do it two or three times to do, do it more earlier in the game? Because I see too much time. The Leafs do a little bit dump and chase, though. They've been doing it the last yeah. couple of games, which I think is better. Because I think Toronto Maple Leafs, is a, their, their forwards are one of the best. Their 12 forwards are some of the 12. Well, they're fast, right? Yes, and they're really good. They're a really good skating team. So when you get a team that skates that well, why wouldn't you put the forecheck on, dump it in a few times? Because mm-hmm. a couple of times when they got the bad goals, what was those dipsy doodle plays at center ice where they do possession, gets oh. interception, and away they go. Yeah, mistakes in the neutral zone, defensive oh, zone will kill it, you. It kills every team, but I mean, that's what I'm saying because analytics says possession. <laughs> Shot at Well, I don't think possessions, I don't think analytics say do something stupid in the neutral zone. But what happens in the course of doing that analytic, uh, you have those neutral zone mistakes. That's all I'm saying. I, I watch a lot of hockey. I see a lot of teams do it. But I'm going to shout out to Jeff O'Neill in this respect. I heard him say it like, if you're a professional hockey player in the league and you throw the puck off your stick, shouldn't you take a look at where it's going? Sure. That doesn't happen. They throw that donut around, and the guy who happens to be forechecking picks it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I don't understand that. I would rather him take it and fire it down the zone and let's go dig it out than to, to push it backwards and have a chance for them to take the puck over in your own zone. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. One point I wanted to make about the Oilers, too, is they are five points back of Vegas for second in their division with five games in, in hand. In hand, yes. And they got games in. I mean, Vancouver has pulled away quite a bit more, but... Edmonton's still think got they, games in hand on them, too. I don't think that they can. I think Vancouver's right at the ship. They had a couple games there where they're there, but I think that their, their style, they're, barring injuries, barring injuries, yeah. I, I think Vancouver's going to skate at home, okay? You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that division title's theirs to lose. But I think Edmonton's going to be a playoff team now. I mean, like, not, oh, hands down. not a wild card team. Yeah, yeah. They're, I think they're, they're going to be like, second or third in that division. Oh, yeah, definitely. However, it looks like they're going to face Vegas in the first round, which is their kryptonite. Uh, I'd love to see that, though. Maybe it's McDonald's. Great players rise to the occasion, right? 
what Vegas doesn't have any great players I think that um, from a front end I like of course Vegas's back end better much better but I don't say I'm not I would say they have some more consistent goaltending too okay I'll give you that even though Skinner now if his numbers keeps on going I heard a whisper is him this and just Vezna, just a hot stretch though that's what I'm starting to say because I heard Skinner and Vesna and I said how much you drinking <laughs> did you forget the first half of <laughs> that's the what I'm saying there's where it's gonna go but I'm saying um the power skating team that Edmonton is, quite like Toronto, they got great skaters on the on the forward end. Oh, yes. Led by McDavid, I think there's a possibility that this is the year that they could overcome Vegas because after such a horrible start, like around the league, like, I mean, let's go back to the beginning well, of the this season. Are you, what are you saying next? This is the year that the Leafs finally beat Boston in the playoffs too? I'm not saying that. Are you crazy? I'm Listen, I smoke weed, but I, I don't know. I, you're speaking much. in, like, fantasy land, so. I don't know. Okay, you know what's really been, a, you know, what's happened to me? All my, all the people out there that know hockey. Okay, I because we do a Toronto-centric show, I watch the Maple Leafs religiously, and I sometimes watch their games twice just to see who's doing what. Lilligren. Okay, but in any event, um, um, I think that all that Toronto needs is they got to tighten up the back end and play the same way every game. Like the problem, like Edmonton now has an identity. Sure. You know what I mean? They're gonna, they're, they're, not, they're gonna knock it. If they can't get the puck in on possession, they're gonna fire it in the corners and go get it. Okay, I see the Leafs doing that sometimes, but you right. got like what identity? Detroit. Detroit's got the thing where their defensemen are the team that brings it up and holds it for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Two teams play. Um, Vancouver. You look at them. Tockett's got them playing a certain way. You look at the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. You, tomorrow night they can play completely different than right. they did the night before, which is not a good sign going no. into the playoffs. You well, know what I mean? to keep it on Edmonton though, like my question is, where are they going to look like after this hot stretch is over? Where, what's what's the, the happy medium going to be? They still play 600 hockey. They play 600. Yeah, but how's that going to look in the playoffs? If they play the way that they're playing right now, I think this is already... But that's not going to last. That's my point. But if they're they, they're, they're, they're going to have to fall. Okay, they're going to lose a couple games. What I'm saying, if they play this style of hockey consistently going into the playoffs, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. That's what I'm saying. They've changed the way that they played hockey. What was that stuff in the first 10 games there? Oh my God! They had it's no awful. structure. Okay, so obviously the new coach and Paul Coffey has something to do with this, the way that they play, the structure of the team, and is benefited by 17 wins in a row. I'm just saying this team—they still have some weaknesses. Oh, their backup every team. backup goalie is a big issue, huge oh. issue, and I and they definitely need another defenseman back there. Every maybe even does. another forward. I, I wouldn't worry about their forwards. No, uh. I wouldn't worry. I was looking at their numbers last night. Okay, every team in the league. Because not every team in the league has a great fourth line. Okay, I'm not. No, I'm not concerned about their fourth line. I'm concerned. Con- your third line, even like second line, because Evander Kane, his game's fallen off. He's he's picked it up lately. He's picked uh, it up, and you know what he's doing though. He's, uh, the points aren't there though. Okay, Cruz. but I'm not saying about the points, but he's up and down the wing. He's taken his lane. He's a pl- he's been playing plus hockey. Well, the whole team has. But the bottom line is, I, I I'm thinking that he's still Barely. the hand the hand injury. Is he's he's been an even player even in this stretch. Um, he, the hand injury I heard is still affecting. Him. I think that's. And how old is he? Thirty-three. Thirty. He's thirty-two. I First thing that goes is your hands. Yep, it's it's going to be a tough bounce back. Okay, we're going to see. But before we talk about our contenders, I want to defend somebody that I love immensely. And another note on that, Montreal Canadiens, I hope they don't trade Monaghan at the trade deadline. Can I just say that on the air? 
I know, I, like, Monaghan's been, like, he's our number one center. Yeah. It's not Suzuki, okay? Even though Suzuki plays good hockey, so we got two number twos. I, I would agree with that, because I don't think you guys are going to get that much of a return for him. Because if you're a contending team, like, where do you want Sean Monaghan in your lineup? Probably on the third line, correct? Some people say they want him on the second line. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a... Uh... He's played very good hockey on both ends of the rink in the last... For Montreal, every game I watched him, him and our Slavowski guy. Slavkovsky. He's playing great hockey, too. He's finally realized, I'm a big boy. I can do shit. Okay, so he's going to be he's, he's gonna be a 30-goal scorer. You heard it here first. There's no doubt about it. But Monaghan just plays both ends of the ice. He's a very smart hockey player. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. He, like That sounds like a guy who fits in your third line on a contending team. I hope that we keep him. I hope the only guy we want to trade is, can we trade Matheson? <laughs> no. He's, he's got uh, no move. He's got... A, Two years left on his contract, too. It's going to be harder to move. Serge, if you're listening, you don't want to trade Matheson. I do. Serge is going to get his wish, so. Matheson, I think we should trade him. But the only thing I want to bring up because we keep tabs on the Habs is. I want to say something too quickly, but. Okay, but let me just say this. Brendan Gallagher is not a dirty player. He's a Tasmanian devil out there. And I think the other night when he got the hit in the guy in the head, I don't think that he meant to freaking cold cock him in the head. Did you see the play? doesn't matter what he meant to do. It's so, fact that he did it. Okay, so there you go. So I think that people were dragging his dick in the dirt a little bit too hard. If you have any hit by any player in the league like that five games, I agree. Even though I love Gallagher, and um, I think if he was two inches taller, that this wouldn't have happened. Okay, because... But. But so he goes for five games. It's like when you break the stick, that weird penalty with, with uh, Tavares last night. Yeah. Hey, broke my stick. Go to the box. You put it over the ice. Oh, you put it over the glass. You go to penalty the, every time. Every time. So I'm just saying that, yes, the, the, the um, five games was deserving if we want that out of hockey. But I don't want people starting to talk about how dirty Brendan Gallagher is. Because every team on the league wants a guy like that on your third line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I hope we keep him for the duration of his contract because if he plays on a third or fourth line for us in a couple years when we start to get a big cap hit for your bottom six. Well, that's because they gave him too much money at the time. You know what I mean? They gave him a a We Love You Gallagher contract. which (laughs) The uh, future captain contract, which didn't end up transpiring but no but he's a good he's, he's a good guy in the dressing room and he plays hard in the ice like you see Gallagher he's still playing hard sure he knocks people off the ice he's set up a couple of goals re- recently that got us again my point is this he's not a dirty player that's all fair enough uh LA Kings oh my god one of my sleepers for the years what happened sleepers today? you had them winning the cup <laughs> what the hell happened to my LA Kings Oh, boy, it's been, what, the 18-wheeler going off the cliff for this team. Coach calling out Dubois by name. Dowdy calling out players. Didn't name names, but, I mean, come on, we all know who's talking about Dubois. Okay, so then Winnipeg scored on this huge. Everybody knows. But I, I thought like this. Okay, Dowdy, talk to your team and buy, quit going to where the Coyote buys his gear. Quit getting the Yakmi products because they're taking you right off the cliff. I can't believe LA's. Look, the defensemen are looking like Acme products lately. That was a big bunch of defensemen back there. What happened to that? Now, their goaltending we questioned from the beginning. And that's not keeping them in the hunt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Riddick has done – he's actually been very good since he's been called up, but, like, they need to find another guy. Talbot's numbers have gone oh, off the cliff just lately. Brutal. But the defense has been rough, too. Look, they've been giving up, what, sure. four goals a game? In this stretch, four to five games, they won. won two of 14. And their goals against average is over four. 
it's insane. You can't win like that. That's like I don't know what happened to LA. And another thing we we're talking about one player like Sheffley not being with Winnipeg and they haven't won since or they lost three or four. Look at the Jack Hughes situation in Jersey. Since that guy's been hurt, like Jersey's not making the playoffs. No. And he's on injured reserve. Actually, I was looking at the the Metro standing. So Philly I'm starting to think that, like, without Carter Hart now, leaving for the team for personal reasons, that they might fall out of the playoffs. So the Islanders... Oh, Philly? Yeah. No, I think Torch is going to hold them up. But I, they, they took a whipping yesterday. I don't know. They're, they lost five in a row. I know. I know. The Islanders might actually backdoor their way into that number three seed. If St. Patrick's doing nothing, I mean, did we say... Did, last week, did we welcome St. Patrick back? I, I think this happened this week. So I guess we should say welcome back to the NHL, Patrick Waugh. One of my favorite players of all time. I thought that when he played Montreal the other night, and he does deserve the respect that he does, but do they do that every time he comes back? No, I think this is a one-time thing. They did it when he was with Colorado. Probably just the first time, right? Yeah. It was probably just because it had been so long. No, it's just because Montreal is known for doing that kind of stuff. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's just the way. Did you see what they did? No. Uh, They flashed it on, the, the Jumbotron. Had a, just a whole bunch of things, the famous winking at oh, yeah. uh, what's his name on L.A., the whole nine yards. I thought it was a little bit overblown, but I, and it was the way he deserved it. But I just think everyone said, does that pump up the Islanders? I think it pumped up the Habs because they say, okay, now that guy's on the other well, team. Well, the Habs ended up winning the game, correct? Exactly. Yeah. It was a great hockey game, by the way, um, which is another thing. Montreal plays very entertaining hockey games, except for that 9-4 fiasco last week. <laughs> but outside of that, the bottom line is when you bring somebody back to the team, it doesn't matter now. Like I say, I love Matt Stafford. I did not cheer for him when he played for the Lions in the playoffs this year. The like, Rams, you, you mean? I mean? The Rams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to draw the line. And, you know, sure. Patrick, that's great, but I was hoping we'd beat you 6 nothing. <laughs> that's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm that way. Understandable. Hardcore or nothing. Yeah. Uh, back to L.A., though, I mean, so actually, I, I heard an inter- interesting interview with Rick Bonus. So he talked about... I like Bonus. I like him a lot, too. Yeah. Uh, I heard, it, he was talking about um, Hellebuck signing back, right? Yeah. And he said the return they got for Dubois was actually a big reason. That was actually like the turning point in getting contracts, like kind of the new contract off the ground. Because they say, okay, we got rid of this nut bar. We're going to He didn't better. say that in so many words. Okay, he just we'll he framed it in the return, which, which by the way, Winnipeg got oh, like, scored. what, three roster players yeah, and yeah. two draft picks back? Yes. Oh, scored huge, huge. The winger. I forget the winger's name. I he's follow. A, oh, he's playing. Velarde, he's played he's in playing, limited um, time, but he's been fantastic in the lineup. Yes, he's and he's uh, penalty killing too. Yeah. Which is, which is a really big plus for them. I hope Winnipeg's there because um, – um, L.A., like, that's, that's going to be my freaking albatross for the year because I was so high on them at the beginning of the year if their goaltending held up. But I don't know what happened. They just went, went off the cliff. Same with Jersey. I was high on them. Jack Hughes is gone. and I don't think Jersey's going to make the playoffs. Unless they get a goaltender quick. But no, no, they're in big trouble. So let's – And sorry, it was one draft pick they got uh, as part of that trade, but still three roster players and a second. Like, and all playing on a regular basis. And it's going to be Montreal's second-round pick, so that's going to be pick number, like, 40 around there. That's oh, yeah, not a bad that's, pick. Yeah, so they'll, they'll get something out of it. So anyways, let's go back to what we've been saying all year, and I think that it's going to continue. I think the top teams in the West are going to continue to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. I yeah. think Dallas is the sneaky team out there. They're good. Did you see their funny-looking uniforms that look like Dayglo from, from – uh, from, uh, do they have something to do with Nike? 
Nike. It was, it's Adidas that outfits the team. Is it Adidas? Yeah. Okay, who puts that color scheme on them? Are, are these the neon I, ones you're talking about? I gotta wear my sunglasses watching the game. I hate those uniforms. Oh, that's not hockey. You know what I really love? When I see the New York Islanders on the ice in those old school Dennis Potvin uniforms, they should wear those all the time. Aren't that aren't those their uniforms now? They went old yes, school. That's yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. They should go back again. What was Vancouver wearing last night? I. What was Edmonton wearing the other night? I didn't. See, I don't know. You tell me. Oh, they kind of look like what you were wearing now. Isn't that a football coach you got on? Come on, <laughs> stop! But what are these people like? like, like is it? Is it the kids? Like, is the marketing not crazy? But Vancouver, where you are you talking about the they, '90s one? Yeah, that black. The skate. Yeah, yeah. That's no, gonna be. No, the, I like the original. I wish they go back to the original with the with the stick and the green. No, the skate's better for the Canucks. I don't know. They're gonna. They're, I think they're gonna make that the primary logo next season. Really? Yeah. Because those jerseys, they brought them back as the third jerseys. They're selling off the rack. That's marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Hey, but like, if the fans like the logo, I personally like it more than the, the one with the whale and the sea now. But No, but I don't like that one either. I like the original 1971 jersey. No, that one's jersey. so lame. That's, Why? That's a horrible like logo. It looked, but they had the stripes on it. It looked like a hockey jersey. It looked like it was made in the 60s. Yeah, that doesn't mean it was good. So it looks traditional. I'm saying if you come up with that, like, I, I okay, I'll, I'll get to that later. But, well, back to our contenders, though. I would argue in the West, there's four contenders. I got Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, Vancouver. I will, I, I agree with those four. However, I'm not sleeping on Dallas just yet. Okay, because we got 35 games to go. I will take those top four, okay? I'm not going to argue with them, especially the way they've been playing. You didn't mention Edmonton in there, did you? No. Okay, but those top four I will go with right now. I, thought, I gave my opinion of Edmonton. I think they're losing to Vegas in the first round. Okay, but I, I will stick with those four teams, and I think they will separate it with Edmonton and Dallas coming up behind them. I think the West is settled because all those teams, other teams are too shit. Minnesota is, they're done. I don't know what's going on with that team. Even though they're bringing back everybody from their injuries, I think they're too far behind. So there's nobody else to talk about beyond no. those six teams. My, my thing about Dallas, though, is that they're very mid-defensively. They're 14th in goals against. 15th and shots on goal allowed. Uh, and they're second in most penalties taken. Okay, that you better clean that up before the playoffs. I don't think they will. Okay, but here's what a problem I say with Winnipeg, okay? Did you see last night? You cannot go into the playoffs with a power play like that. The second they haven't been fully healthy, though. That's the thing. They've never, they haven't had their full, like their first unit fully healthy all year. But, uh, okay, but then but they better do something because, you know, um, special teams becomes more of an issue in the playoffs. Right. Okay, when the Leafs got their chance last night on the power play, they finally scored. But Winnipeg had, what, those three penalties in a row in the second period? And what did they get? Five shots on mm. three power plays. Oh, they got some shot attempts or whatever. <laughs> but they got five shots on goal and was it five or six shots on goal and three penalties? If you go into the power, if you go into the playoffs like that, it's a third period and it's a tie game. Sometimes it's your special teams that's going to win the game, and they're, they're yeah, because uh, they're going to be a lot of tight games. Exactly. So, and what are their their power play percentages? What bottom five in the league, I believe. It's bottom quarter. I know that for sure. But that's one thing that they're going to have to pick yeah, up. Yeah, their power play is 24th. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You, going into the play, and all the other teams, if you look at them, the Vancouver's, the Toronto's, um, all the teams at the top, Boston, their their um, special teams are all in the top 10. Yeah. Which is going to make a difference when you go into the playoffs. Because sometimes, you know what I notice is in one week, you can drop from fourth to eighth in these percentages. You know what I mean? Have two bad games and sure. your percentages jump. So as long as you're in the top 10 
Ariane. Yeah, and if you're in the top five, you're gold. You know what I'm right. saying? And what's Toronto's power play? Number seven, right? Yeah, they're top ten. Uh, they are ninth. 25%. So who give That's me, a good power play. So let's give you your top four in the East right now. I only have three real contenders in the East. I had trouble finding four. Yeah, so I, I'm just going to say Boston, Florida, New York. The Rangers, Rangers having issues lately, though. Sure, oh, but I, I mean, they're the only other team that like has really convinced me and this year I, in the Eastern Conference. And they've been spotty of late, so and I don't understand what their problem is. They're having a little bit of trouble scoring, and they've given up more goals lately, which is a bad combo on both ends, which equals losing. But I say the Rangers will probably be there, but I'm not going to pick a fourth team either. Because I'm just looking around going, really? Like what's even like we just discussed, Toronto not playing consistently no. on a system basis? We'll review this. You know I'm not putting play. Tampa in there. Of course you're not. And I'm not ready to put them there either because they're still middle of the pack. Carolina, I'm still not convinced. I thought they were making a move and then they lost. A, they're up and down. They won three. They're 7-2-1 their last 10. They won three in a row. So better as of late. But the last three but teams they, they beat, who are they? Did you check? Anaheim? Well, they won, they won in Boston. Oh, yeah. It was then they beat win. New Jersey and uh, Arizona at home. Oh, yeah. Okay. So both of those teams we've just discussed. So I'm not impressed. The Boston win was big. That was a great game. I actually watched that game. Very physical, mm-hmm. by the way. Very physical. So I think that teams around the league better remember your physicality. Like, you know, dump it in and go get it sometimes instead of dipsy doodling it. Because yeah. like, teams like Florida are going to knock the hell out of you. But Carolina, just like average goaltending at best. Average defense at best. <laughs> average that, scoring yeah. at best. They, they don't have that top guy, which, like, you need in the playoffs. You need in the playoffs. You know who I... Like, Ajo, like, I think he's a fantastic player, but, like, he's not a superstar, even though he's putting up some good numbers. Who's that? Sebastian Ajo. Oh, yeah, he's a good hockey player. You know who I really love on him, but he's really only, a, like, a third-line guy, but I still want him on our team is... Kokamini has proven to be a solid. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's proven to be a very solid NHL hockey player. He I was on it. fire to start the season, but like his L- numbers lately, have he's a minus 11. Well, the problem is, is that he still needs to put some weight on. He's, what, 22, 23? And he's still skinny as ever. Like, didn't he go to McDonald's a few times, have some pizzas? Pointless in his last seven. He's yeah. had some long stretches where he's Droughts. not scored points. Yeah. I but don't know he, what that's about. But, but he kills penalties. He's out there killing sure. penalties that time, so he's been a good thing. But I'm not giving them contenders. No. So I hit with him though, a little off topic. But like, I always think of like when Montreal drafted him. There's just the woman's face, like she, her mouth was agape. She's oh, like, no kidding. And you see him <laughs> when he walked up to the stand. The hockey stick was fatter than him. That's that's what got me. I nice mean, he was dog. a kid then, but okay. Well, we're gonna go. I think that's enough about hockey. Um, we're gonna have a big break this oh, week. Oh, one last thing. Oh, the Penguins' own goal. Latang to Malkin to your own net. Oh my God! Whose whose fault is that? Who do you think? Latang. I want to say so too, but I mean Malkin also wasn't doing his team any favors there oh, the way no, the way not. he was receiving that pass. Well, he was a lazy Russian. Like, buddy, like, I, did, haven't you learned like when you were like in Pee Wee or whatever, like how to receive a pass? Like, kind of like give like he was just like on the move like look very uh, casual yeah too casual very casual that was the problem but i think it was latang getting back to what i'm saying passing the puck it it was like the the, the, it was the suicide pass so to speak right yeah and i see it every day in the nhl and every time something bad happens clean it up boys it doesn't make for good hockey no in my opinion you know what i'm saying and i mean i talked about philly potentially losing that number three spot the islanders backdooring their way in 
Pittsburgh's right there to take that spot if Philly takes it, like if Philly falls out. So I mean, they got to clean up their act in a hurry. I want to. I want to see him because I'm still cheering for Sidney Crosby, who's still having another outstanding season. Did you see the p- pass he made last night on that goal against Montreal? What a pass! Like I mean, I'd like to see him get into that. But I'm thinking a lot of Pittsburgh the way you think of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put it on that level. <laughs> so I think that they're kind of like uh, I don't know. We'll see at the end. They got warts, put it that way. They all do. But speaking of warts, let's go into the biggest prima donna. We got warts, bullshit, and more drama than you ever need, which is called the NBA. Yeah, so I've been watching a little bit more NBA lately. I guess as like football's winding down and whatever, but man, half these games are over before you get to the fourth quarter. I texted you, didn't I? Or we talked about it the other night. Marquee games on a Thursday night. Like, yeah, TNT, ESPN, national broadcast. The whole nine yards. Denver against Boston, 30-point difference. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, um, was it Miami and uh, the next 30-point differences? If this is your marquee game of the week, someone come on. And I think there's going to be a lot of talk after the season about the significance of this in-season tournament, whether it was significant or not, or whether it was just all about the money. Of course it was all about the money. Okay, so how many teams... But they put on a good product. I will concede that. Oh, the games got tense, but that that was a month ago. Now what do we got? Full-blown blowouts all the time. (laughs) Terrible basketball. I've seen some horrible games. Horrible. You know what I mean? So if that's your product, what do you do? The same thing. They change uniforms every three nights, so people go buy a new uniform. Toronto being one of the worst. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, what do we got? Five jerseys now? Everyone's got five. Oh, it's just insane. I don't think that, like, whatever. If you're going to keep marketing and keep doing that. I think the NBA is having a little bit of a down year, personally. I agree. You know what I mean? If you look at it now, um, I really believe that what you have to start looking at is look at their Saturday night prime game last night, because the ABC loves to have their Saturday night prime game. Who was it? The Lakers and Golden State. Golden State's not making the playoffs, and the Lakers are, are floating around like they don't even care. You know, they're just sitting there thinking that they're going to do it in the playoffs. Look at yeah. LeBron sat against the Clippers the other night. What's that bullshit? Load I, management. And, oh, there's no load management anymore. Because <laughs> no, we there, the there's just less. Tournament. There's just less. Stop it. It's just a bad con. In any event, but speaking of load management and the, the king of load management, if you don't think that Kawhi Leonard's one of the top five players in the league this year, you have not been watching it. And the L.A. Clippers, I'm predicting right now, are the team going to be coming out of the West. The reason being is you've got OKC and you've got um, Minnesota at the top. Mm. But look what happens. Those are young teams. Exactly. Look at, look at uh, Cat, uh, Carl Anthony Toads. He scored 62 points and they lost. You know why? Because they went for hero ball in the fourth quarter, trying to get them 70, lost their defense. The, the, uh, the hair went over the finish line, and the rabbit lost again. If I had to bet, I would say this would be Clippers versus Nuggets conference final in the West. And that's going to be Nuggets a great series. Nuggets going nowhere. No, no. They will be there, but I say if it comes down to the Clippers and the Nuggets, I think we'll be in the Western conference finals. That's going to be a great battle. And by the way, Nikola Djokovic, every time I Jokic. see him, I love that guy more every time I see him. You see him in commercials now? Yeah. That guy, they said he had no personality. Who said this? Like, 
like, like who decided that he, he didn't have any personality? Someone who never met him. Obviously, the guy, and he's always been that way on the court too, eh? I guess because he doesn't show enough emotion. The best is when he shot that three-pointer to win this year, like the game buzzer, mm-hmm. he jumped up and down. But that guy, all around, I think he should, rep- the way he represents the NBA, especially on an international level. Oh, yeah. I can't say enough about the guy, and he's got a ring. And who says that they can't? And a couple back. MVPs. And a couple, of, and, and with, with um, Jamal Murray as his freaking bat, as his yep. Robin, who, that's the best Robin in the league, yeah. if you want to call him Robin. He'd be a Batman on most teams. But I think that, yeah, Denver and the Clippers will be the teams that are going to be there. Nothing against Shea or my boy Anthony Edwards. These guys are superstar players, but the history of the NBA has always said, until you have that dog-eat-dog playoff series, which you've got to win, and neither team has ever done it yeah. since the days of uh, – um, LKC hasn't done it since the Harden-Durant-Westbrook days. Yep. But, um, that was a long time ago. Long, long time ago. By the way, what do you think about Durant saying, why don't you ever put me in the GOAT conversation? I mean, I think he's got a point. Really? Well, we talked about this. By the time his career is over, I think Greatest we're going to be talking. Exactly. I'll give him that. Exactly. And, I mean, basketball is a game where you got to outscore the other team, do you not? Agreed. But you put him in the GOAT conversation? I, I mean, can't put him against LeBron. Him. No, no, no. I could think of five guys before I put him. <laughs> LeBron. Magic. Uh, MJ. Why can't they Kareem. all be in the conversation? Because that means a GOAT means a GOAT. Okay, but the, the, the GOAT and the GOAT conversation are kind of like, it's the GOAT and then the GOAT conversation. It's I a think, bigger, a bigger I window. I think your generation and the internet and all that shit and all those TikToks. And but, like, why, if you're making, about, if, you're, if, if whatever, by the time his career is over, why can't you have him, like, on the top ten list of greatest players? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put him in top ten. Okay, that's, that's the I'll GOAT conversation. Number ten? If you were in Formula <laughs> One and you were number ten, what would you be? This is in Formula One, though. Doesn't matter. This is the goat conversation. Maybe like if we're talking about all-time Formula One. Okay, well we're not going to go there today. In any event, I love Durant. I just think sometimes that, and I love the fact that he promotes weed the way that he does. Okay, (laughs) I'm I'm good with that. But the fact is that he's getting a little bitchy. I think. Yep. And uh, we didn't mention Phoenix as a contender, did we? No, but maybe we should because they're finally healthy again and they're starting to rack up some wins. Oh, agreed. But they're not playing defense. No. Okay, so when you don't play defense in the NBA, which nobody seems well, to Well, I mean, how much of that is because of their guard play, though, because of Booker and Beal? Well, because both of them think that they're goats. <laughs> okay, that's the problem. They're nothing against Phoenix. I think the Phoenix is the greatest thing that they've got, and you've heard it here first. And I've hated that guy since, since um, Duke. Is that Grayson Allen is a guy oh, yeah. everybody wants on their team. He does everything, and he's a stir, still a dirty schmuck. <laughs> I don't give a stuff. He's one of those big white boys from Duke that turned out well. He's making half of his three-point attempts. Oh, he's um, and his defense. You know what I mean? And not only that. Playing 33 minutes a game. Oh, no. I don't want to pump the guy's tires because I don't even like him. But if you want to. He's good. But, but, but uh, why is Milwaukee having trouble this year? Oh, so they, they fired their coach. Doc Rivers is now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. So that means they're going to lose 
or they're going to blow a 3-1 series lead in the first round of the playoffs. You got some ash on you, by the way. Oh, by the way, bad habit in the room, but I get away with it today just because I'm so nervous about freaking the Detroit Lions. I don't know if that's going to help you. <laughs> your I'm, nerves, just saying, but... I'm just saying, uh, no, it doesn't. It's a cop-out. Yeah. It's a cop-out. But I'm. Uh, don't you notice my hands are moving a bit? <laughs> my mind is not. other places, but we're going to get to that in a minute. No, I think that Grayson Allen, he, he's like, like, now Milwaukee, they keep saying they lost Drew Holiday. Because he was their best perimeter defender. But they also lost Grayson Allen yeah. in that deal, too. So that changes your team. But you want to talk about player empowerment. You just know that Giannis and freaking Dame went into the office and said, get rid of this guy at 33 and 13. But like, is Doc Rivers going to be Doc Rivers is going to bring respect in the team, and he's going to bring structure. Okay? And he's going to bring a 3-1 Blown lead. Okay, we're not going to say that. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say that because history has shown us this. But history changes. <sighs> Doc Rivers, he keeps getting jobs because of the one, that Boston championship. We know what's up. I mean, he's gone to those conference finals. Too bad he's lost. Okay, but history does change itself. Can I give you a good example of okay. history changing itself? The Detroit Lions. Okay, but this okay. is okay, but that's you, you put different people in place, though. Doc okay. Rivers has been blowing 3-1 series leads the for most, 20 years now. The most 3-1 leads in the history of all sports he has blown. It's not even close if okay. you look at the stats. I know. It, it's pretty, but he's a great coach. But he's I good. Mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say great. He reminds me of a guy, um, Carl, something Carl, that used to coach for Denver. George Carl. George Carl. Remember him? He always got to the door, but he couldn't get in. You know what? Like he's Doc has worked with a lot more talent, though. Agreed. He's got a ring. Carl never got a ring. No. Okay, but that was a that was a killer team, and they should have won too. They let Kobe steal it from him in the fourth quarter of that game. You know, and I wasn't. Mm. I had no horse in that race. I just watched because I'm no Laker guy, and I hate Boston more. But I think that it's going to be a good change because when you got when you got Giannis, who is arguably still one of the best players in the league, with Dame with him and a couple of those other players on the team, they, they needed a change before they fall off the cliff because the top three teams in the East right now, the Celtics have got the best record in the league. Philadelphia is not going anywhere. And then... The Knicks look pretty solid, especially after getting OG. Oh, the, the, their record's now, what, 10-2 and two with, with Anobi in the lineup? Yeah. He looked great last night against the Heat. He had seven steals the other night. But so what I heard someone bring up was okay. So Milwaukee was thirty-one and thirteen when they fired their coach, right? Yep. People, people are saying, what's the impact this is going to have on the NHL now? Well, I, I, <laughs> NHL does it much faster, don't you think? Yeah, but if your record's that good, I've never seen the head coach get fired in the NHL with a record like that. But then again, that just tells you the power of players in the NBA. Okay, when you got a name player who's making, I'm just saying that like NHL owners or NHL managers, whoever, are going to start getting ideas now. Oh, I don't know if they should do that. That's I'm just saying, I'm not saying they should either. But um, in any event, I'm just saying right now that I think that the NBA. You mentioned it the other night in pre-production, which scares me. When the playoffs come, guess what? It's going to be good basketball. And then we're going to forget about yeah. all this bullshit that we've seen all this, this year. So um, I just want to, uh, before we leave the NBA. Well, uh, there's a few more things okay, I want to hit. Okay, but. good. Because I want to end with this one. So, uh, But an OB see, amazing pickup for the Knicks. Oh, eh? hands down. Yeah. Everyone, every team wanted him for a reason. Uh, Houston Rockets, they've fallen out of the play-in. Do you think they're done? Uh, and I was I was pumping their tires too. I just think that they're they too might not young. be. It's, it could be like an OKC situation where like because they kind of barely made the play in last year, 
give them another year, they could take oh, that yeah. step, right? Oh, yeah, they're going to take the next step. I feel bad for them because they had a run of really good teams in a row and they didn't beat any of them. Because I think they're in their last 10. They're, what, 3-7? and seven? Something like that, or 4-6? and 3-7, and seven, yeah. 3-7 and seven in their last 10. So when you got that record this deep in the season, this is dog days. I don't think they're coming back. And, and kudos to Fred Van Fleet and to Dylan Brooks. They played some great basketball. They're trying to, but the rest of the team, everybody, all the rest of the team wears diapers. Yeah. You know? But I mean, on the other end, though, Utah's kind of surged up. They got a, a really good home record. Not very good on the road, but if they can carry that to a 500 record, that could probably get them to that number 10 seed in that final uh, playing spot, right? All credit goes to Ryan Smith, the owner. He goes into the dressing room and says, what do you guys need? What do you wow. guys need? That's what I heard about him. He's just been insane. Like, what do you Did guys Did they pull in Atlanta Braves and ask for the ice cream machine? Uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I heard they got extra extra tubs. They did up the facilities. Like, what do you guys want to need? Okay. He, 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 I like that. Yeah. Oh, I do, too. Like, he, he's, he, you know what he is? He's a hands-on owner on the peripheral. Is that a, is that sound oxymoronic, maybe? No, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, the team runs, like, the, 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 uh, the structure runs itself. Yeah, but he's like, whatever you need from me. But he's not going to, like, dip his fingers like, oh, you need to play this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. he's not in that. But he's doing everything else that he can possibly can. Um, That's a good owner. Change the airplane, I heard. Wow. Yeah, he's done a couple. Like, fact check me on some of these things, but he's done a number of things that are player friendly. Okay. Uh, Rookie of the year talk. So if you don't think Wembenyama is rookie of the year, you're nuts. Holmgren. Even though Wembenyama's numbers are better across the board. Holmgren's playing a better all-around game right now. You know what I feel sorry about Wembenyana? We talked about this. Look at some of the best players in the year have just kicked him in the face. Oh, and Embiid he, went off for 70 on him this week. Um, uh, Giannis went off for 60 on him. Um, somebody else went off on him. I can't remember. I meant to write it down. I thought it was here in my notes, but it's not. But um, the bottom line is... Uh, He's going to be a superstar, and I think he's keeping receipts because all these yeah. guys know he's coming. You know, like in five years from now, are you going to be surprised if he's the face of the league? No. No. Okay? But right now, Holmgren's playing a better team game on a better team. It is not about who's on the better team, though. Just most outstanding rookie, and that's Wimbenyama. Um, okay. Well, we got 30 games. He's a better now. playmaker. He's scoring more points. Anything around the basket, like he's just going to swat that shit away. Okay, at times, but I'll tell you what. Holmgren, for as big as he is, is a better transition defensive player. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's not the best transition defensive player award, though, is it? Oh, I'm going to say that when you add it all up, because I don't want to look at all the analytics. I want to look at some of the intangibles. And I think he brings a little bit more to the table. Now, who's going to have the greater career? I'm not. I'm not going to argue there because I think Wembenyana, a long time, may have to be. He might live up to the the expectations that LeBron did. Because remember, LeBron didn't make the playoffs the first two years he was in the league. No, he was on a crappy Cleveland team. And this team is just as bad. I think what's going to have to happen is that San Antonio is going to have to decide. Hey, Pop, Greg, you've been great. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All good things must come to an end. We'll see where that goes. But I mean, Wembenyama. And he's doing this all on a minutes limit, too. That's crazy. I don't get that. That's 20.5 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 3 assists per game, a steal per game, 3 blocks per game, shooting 300 from 3 points, 465 field goal, and 800 from the free throw line, which is very good for a rookie. Okay, but I'm going to tell you this much. Tell him not to shoot so many threes. He should be in the low post more than he is. And Holmgren lives in the, in the uh, low post. Because in a lot of the games now, because this three-point shooting is what's... But you want Wembenyama kind of on the perimeter because of his playmaking, though. 
Agreed, but sometimes you got to get in there and get dirty. That's why they got 60. I think they'll work on that. I think so, too. I think down the road he's going to do that. But rookie of the year, okay, it's up in the air now. But I think he's going to get it. I don't think it's up in the air at all. I think by the time the voting comes out. We'll see. Back in the day when you were a rookie of this caliber, you got votes from the fans that got you into the All-Star game. He's not even on the radar. For the All-Star game? Yeah, not even on the radar. Didn't even get a vote. He was eighth in the voting. Okay, that's not that bad. Come on. (laughs) Grant Hill was the number one vote-getter in his rookie year for the Detroit Pistons. Okay, like, are we really comparing the fan vote, though? This is, this you know, is ridiculous. Really but uh, I'm just saying that if you, if you have a popularity and you're supposed to be going to be the face of the league, I, thought he, I think it's because he's in a small market, personally. That, he's, he's not American. Uh, I think that plays a part as well. Uh, okay, okay, we're going to go there. Right. I'm just saying... I'm not saying that, like, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, that's the way people view it. If he was, like, some stud coming out of college, I think it would be completely different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. What do you uh, want to add? First of all, besides thinking that the L.A. Clippers are going to go to the finals against the possibly Boston Celtics, which I think would be amazing, we should also understand that it doesn't matter if Embiid plays 65 games. He's the best player in the league this year. You know that thing now they have about load management? If he misses yeah. six more games, he's not eligible to be most Embiid. Of, yeah, Embiid. Wow. He will not be eligible to be the MVP. But who in the league will not think that he hasn't been the best player in the league this year? The guy's been and, – and you know what? I'm taking him off our bitch list. He's taking all that bitchiness off. He's playing a game. He's man now. He's playing like a man should be playing. He's not complaining to the refs as much as anything else. His hands aren't throwing in the air. He's just – and that, that – uh, We'll see how long that lasts in the playoffs. Okay, but that step-back jumper he's got is untouchable. That's like the Kareem Skyhook. Mm-hmm. It's just unbeatable. So I think that he should be there. But talking about the great players in the league this year, and, he's, and speaking of bitches, and he's been our number one bitch for the last two years, and he'll probably stay that way – did you see Luka Doncic have a fan removed from the game the other night? No, but you told me about it. This was horrible. All the fan was saying is, you look tired, get on the bicycle. Now, I heard they only made him go up to the concourse. Like, they didn't kick him completely out of the establishment because everybody around in the circle that heard this fan yell said, wow. And, and Doncic said, oh, he swore at me in the first quarter or some shit like that. I don't know what on. But the announcer after the game, I think his name is uh, Hammond. He questioned Doncic about it, and he doubled down during the interview. Now, here's what happened. The very next night, suddenly, Doncic, in a very well-dressed, by the way, got on TNT with the boys, Barkley and Kenny and Shaq and everybody, and he tried to basically apologize for... Tried to apologize or apologize? Personally, I think it's try to apologize. A lot of people said... He did apologize, but I'm just looking at his track record. I want to know who made him do that. Did he do that himself, or was that league directive or team directive? Because it seems out of character for him to suddenly, like somebody whispered. I would guess it would be the team. You think so? I don't think, I don't know if I can see the league getting involved, but. Somebody had to say something to him. Maybe it was his agent. Somebody said something because it was a bad look. It was horrible. I've seen the game live, and people were just flipping on him. Like, what? Who are you? These plays, fans fans can say whatever they want as long as they don't cross the line. Yeah. And yeah. I agree with that. If they say anything inappropriate or anything ridiculous or throwing things or whatever the case, get the fan out. You can't come back. That's not your right to do that. You're there to watch a basketball game. However, if you yell out a guy sucks, no. you should not be leaving the game. No. And basically what he said is, Luca, you're fat out of shape. That's why you're sweating and, and, and can't run up and down the court. 
So that's his prerogative. He paid his money for his ticket. And by he by the way, this was three rows up behind the bench. Mm-hmm. How much does that ticket cost? Oh, pretty penny. There you go. So have the guy get thrown out for that. Luca, I'm still not a fan. I don't think Dallas is going anywhere. Sorry, Mark Cuban, go to hell. Well, he sold his share. So. He's still the uh, acting director of the team. Oh, well, whatever. whatever. Uh, he can not leave soon enough. Okay. Um, on to the big one, the NFL. Big so- shout out to Windsor, Ontario, for being the supporters you are to the Detroit Lions and the greater Detroit area for showing you that what I have known for my whole life, one of the greatest fan bases in football. They have come, did you not see the the, the Ford Field, one of the loudest in the history of sports, okay? Like this has been, this has not been a dormant fan base, by the way. They pretty well sell out the last 32 years that we've been involved in, since we've been to a last sure. NFC championship game. But I can't tell you t- how pumped I am for this. This is all personal right now. I had to have a cigar because my knees aren't start moving and I'm scared to death. The big question is, do I go with the boys down to Avenue Road to watch the game or do I stay in the same spot I've been sitting in and not moving for the whole playoffs? Mm. <laughs> that's all. Well, that's a tough decision. Uh, before we get to that, I just want to bring up your boy, Harbaugh, uh, going he, to the L.A. Chargers, new head coach. That had to be the way. That, that had to be the way. He did everything I in called Michigan. it. Yes. I called that he was going to the Chargers. Yeah, it had to go that way only because of this much. The situation in college, bas- college football right now is wrecked all of college sports. Like Stanford's... Um, what, what situation is that? Uh, what, how they amalgamated all the conferences to make like the super conferences. Right. What has happened now is... R.I.P. Pac-12, by the way. Yeah, okay. But anyways, like, just think of this scenario. Stanford has to go to – the Stanford girls softball team is going to have to travel to Rutgers in New Jersey to play games, for example. So what it takes away is the regional geographical rivalries that have gone on for generations. I think that what they should do is just let football have these conferences, but all the other sports should stay the same. The same that they used to be. The Big East is the Big East in basketball. The ACC, the Big Twelve, like. But that stay. just complicates things. That's the problem, though. If you have like oh, this is our conference for this sport, this is our, for, like you want it to be all aligned, isn't that the idea? Yes and no. And, and the fact that what you're saying is that conference to conference, but what happens is is that college basketball is a driving force behind most university on a financial level. I get that. Okay, so when that much money is coming in and, and the draw that it is, I'm just saying if you're restructuring, you're structuring strictly for the football team. You're not thinking about the lacrosse teams. You're not thinking no. about the gymnastic teams. You're not talking well, That's about- how the original biggies died, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm saying what they should do is, and I've heard it brought up, and I'm a big proponent of this, is okay, let football be its own entity because it is its own entity. It drives more money than any other sport except for basketball when it comes to March Madness, and then you have to get involved in that, which they keep expanding. And it's going to change dramatically, too, because now they got 12 teams in the playoffs instead of four. So that's why they had these big conferences, so a lot of these big blue blood programs can continue on. So Harbaugh left Michigan, and Nick Saban retired from Alabama because of the portal and NIL. 
You know what I mean? It's just made things so chaotic. Like, would you rather do that or go to the NFL with, a, with a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league who, who he's going to prove that he is, with a team that has some structure and have a chance to get advanced right away, or continue to go through all the litigation and nonsense that you had to go through in Michigan? Well, I think his paycheck with the Chargers is going to be bigger as well. I heard it was not significantly bigger. Really? No, Michigan handed him the bag. What? He said, I'm going to go to Michigan. I'm going to win a national championship. What did he do? They won a national championship. How good was his record in the NFL when he was a coach? It's pretty good. He made it to a Super Bowl. And three NFC championship yeah. games. So guess what? The only other apple that he has to reach for is what? Yeah, the big one. The big one. So I, I'm kudos to Jim Harbaugh. I'm so happy you came to Michigan. You made my life good. Now if we can only have the Detroit Lions have the combo, Michigan national champions and Detroit Lions the Super Bowl. Is, would be fantastic. Is he taking his uh, defensive coordinator with him? We're not sure. That's up in the air. But the, uh, the, no, I think he's the coach now. Oh, okay. The black guy, okay. he became the coach. Okay. And that's why they're saying it's very interesting. Nick Saban left Alabama and 25 guys jumped in the portal. Hmm. Okay. In Michigan, they've had three. To like leave. Yeah. And, yeah. and by the way. Speaking of portals, Dickinson on the basketball team from Michigan to Kansas. You looked terrible yesterday. I'm glad you went to Kansas, you schmuck. But that's another story. Um, last week's playoffs were pretty interesting, don't you think? Yeah, the divisional round. It was a great weekend of football. The, I didn't get to watch the Bucks lions game, unfortunately. I just caught, like, the last two minutes. But um, what, what that exposed was the fact that our secondary has some issues. But I think the Well, we knew that. But the moxie of the team was good. And uh, I hate to say this, but I want to shout out to Baker Mayfield, who I never thought should be a number one dra overall draft pick ever. No. I don't think he deserved that. Well, it should have been Josh Allen. Okay, we know that now. But the bottom line is that Baker Mayfield is a, one of the greatest reclamation projects in football. Like, this guy was one game away from the NFC Championship game, yep. and they didn't lose because of him. Okay, he threw the interception in the end, but that was because of the pressure. You know what I mean? So that was, that was a great game. Highly entertaining from beginning to end. And, of course, the Ford Field crowd made a difference. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a real home field advantage. But the one home field advantage that didn't um, do what it's supposed to, and I feel sorry for, is Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. What kind of crazy curse does Buffalo have on them? Wide right, part two. <sighs> I couldn't believe it. As soon as I heard the announcer say wide right, I thought, is this deja vu? It's, uh, it was, I don't know, a bunch of things in that game just went wrong for the Bills. A couple things went right. Yep. Like that uh, fumble through the end zone leads yep. to the touchback. Yep. But, I mean, the, the play before that, like going for it on fourth down in the row, and then that was like. You're not, you're not MCDC. No. You look bad. It wasn't structured the way it no. should have been, and then Kansas City went down there and, and finished the game off. Then I, there's the drop pass by Stephon Diggs. And oh, if he's, the, he, if he's the man. And the other one was they often say when he was going to Schrager in the corner and he got by, mm -hmm. uh, by Jones, he was wide open. Normally that's a Josh Allen throw right to the guy in the end zone. He got bumped. Should he have gone to the guy underneath for the first down and continue the play? That, was this on, was the, a, on the last uh, that drive? drive when, when he went there? Yeah, when it was, what, for a second and three, and he went right for the end zone? Yeah, but the guy was open. I don't, the I don't get that. The Kincaid, the, uh, when they showed it back, he was, he was eight yards down the field with nobody in the area code. So that could have been done it too. Yep. But what I want to say is... Well, we, that one too, like, I, I just want to add, like, that, that throw, throw happened with, like, what, a minute ten left to go? Even yep. if you get the touchdown, you're giving Patrick Mahomes a ton of time to come back and win that game. Okay, so that's my thing right now. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm a Tom Brady guy. He went to Michigan. You and me both. There you go. But we have to start recognizing now that 
to bet against Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game is very, very sketchy. Oh, yeah. This is now his sixth AFC championship in, in a row. row. And since he's been a starter. So every year that this guy started, he's gone to the AFC championship game. That's called greatness. And I'm going to take it one step. Second far. longest streak in football. And he's going to have a shot at that streak that you know who owns it. Yep. Okay, but let's take it one step further. I don't want to take nothing away from Travis Kelsey because he's a great tight end. But I'm wondering if he didn't have Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is putting Travis Kelsey in the Hall of Fame. I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey good. might be there anyways. Of course. Well, we don't know. The last six years he played with Travis Kelsey. He played with me. It's like I try to tell everybody all the time. I can't skate, but you put me on a line with Connor, McGre- Connor McDavid, I'm going to score five goals. I don't know about that. The NHL's very good. Okay, but you know what my point is, <laughs> is that Kelsey looks a whole lot better. But then again, I'll have to say, what about the other receivers aren't as good? Okay, whatever the case may be, they dumped Tyreek Hill and they still won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying right now that um, um, I really hope Lamar wins. I really hope. I'm cheering for Lamar like crazy because... Me too. There's a lot of things about Lamar that has come up over the last few years about have nothing to do with football, so to speak. Okay? They're looking at a man, they're looking at a man for a other things that are not football. And I don't want to go into that because that's an argument that we could have for a million years. But Lamar Jackson is one of the best football players in the NFL and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Oh, hands down. Okay, so we're going to say that. If he does things unconventionally and he wins a Super Bowl, more power to all the people that want to do it their way. You know, like the the criticism he got coming into the league with no uh, agent, signing his next contract with his mom beside him calling his mom his agent. So I guess she got some money too, which sure. every guy would do. But the bottom line is I think that the backlash against Lamar would be so insane that, uh, oh, they, it would, of course, it's just going to elevate the greatness of Patrick Mahomes anyway. Like if Patrick Mahomes lose on Sunday or today, that's not going to be – that's not going to take any shine off anything that Patrick Mahomes has done. No, of course not. But if the Baltimore Ravens lose at home to, 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 at the bank, who's going to get the most freaking abuse? Oh, of course. It's going to be Lamar. I really believe that the Baltimore Ravens are going to win today. They, I think so, too. They're a more complete squad. And their defense is something unbelievable. Now, let's look at last week. God bless C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. They're a team that's going to come. And they fought their asses off. And what was the score at halftime? 10-10. Yep. Okay. Did you know the only touchdown that Houston scored was on that punt return? Yep. So that means C.J. Stroud, even though he was missing two wide receivers or whatever, that defense came up and said, no, kid, not today. And then Lamar turned around and scored, what, 21 points in the second half? 24. 24 in the second half. This is Baltimore's time. Okay, that's what I... Don't you think it's their time? I think so, too. Okay, so let's look at the other side of the coin here. The San Francisco-Green Bay game was just amazing, and I'm glad it was pouring rain, and I'm glad it was messy, and I'm glad it was insane. But I just want to say one thing. Um, There's two trains of thought, and I'm going to be on this side of the thought. I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I think he's above average. He's more than a game manager. He just had a bad game. Tell me a quarterback that you've known in the history of football that didn't have a bad game. Oh, sure. You know, everyone, right? <clears throat> so this talk 
if San Francisco loses, which I'm hoping they do, um, about Brock Purdy being the reason for them losing is going to be, I don't know, man. That's just going to be unfair, don't you think? Of course it's unfair. You know what I mean? I'm going, uh, I don't know about that. The bottom line is I'm going to take it one step further. I think that the reason that the Detroit Lions are going to win today is going to be the pressure from the front seven. If they put the pressure and hands up on, on Brock Purdy, that's not going to be because Brock Purdy isn't good. It's just going to be that the front seven of the Detroit Lions is going to have to win this game because our secondary isn't going to win it. Part two. Purdy's going to have all of his, op- all of his weapons, though. I don't give a damn about that. I'm saying the best of our front seven plays, the best game of their, their careers today, we go to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to tell you another reason why. We can keep Brock Purdy off the field because San Francisco is not a team that's great against the run. We've got the best two-pronged running attack in the NFL and what some consider the best O-line in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if we can run the ball and take time of possession – and the fourth quarter gets a little bit tight. We've got nothing to lose. We're the Detroit Lions, correct? I mean, you tell me. I'm telling you, we're the Detroit Lions. Do you hear us roar? Did you see that bar in Santa Clara last night? No. Completely rocked with Detroit Lions fans. I couldn't believe it. They go, where is this? And I said, is that after the game last week? I'm on a Lions site. It was in a bar in Santa Clara, completely taken over by Detroit Lions people. It was just amazing. I can't overstate this enough. Football is a monolith. Everybody has their team. Everybody has legacies. Everyone talks about the greatness of the history. As a Detroit Lion fan, we haven't had a lot of footnotes in this stuff unless you want to talk about finding ways to grab defeat from the jaws of victory. And going 0-16. And going 0-16, which I lived through. Okay, I lived through that. I am ecstatic today. I want to shout out to everybody again that has been getting me online, filling up my phone. Um, You guys know it. I walked into a store the other day. I didn't know this guy from Adam, and he looked over and said, Detroit Lions guy. It was unbelievable because, you know, we play pro-line in there, and I I walk around the hood. I'm always in Detroit stuff. I'm always pumping them up, and just some random white dude goes, Hey, man, you're Detroit Lions. You know how good that made me feel? I bet that made you I, feel I, good. You know what I mean? Not that I'm unrecognizable, okay? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. But he was just a random dude, and, and the fact that he shouted out to me about the game was absolutely – made me feel good, you know? I'm pumped. I know. I'm I can pumped. tell you are. I'm pumped. One All last right. thing I wanted to get to about last week was uh, the Bucks going for two. That caused a big hubbub. Michael Wilbon was very critical of that decision. Thank you, Michael. Cause, cause the, oh, but hold on, though. We, we, I thought we talked about this, and I thought we agreed. In what way? You're down by eight. You go for two. Even if you – the chances are, like, you need to score two touchdowns anyways. Exactly. So, worst-case scenario – well, I mean, worst-case scenario is you miss both, I guess. But chances are you're going to make at least one. It's a 55% chance they make at least one of the two-point conversions. Then I'm going to take the seven and take my chances at the end. Because then it's just, if they push uh, no, that's that's no, 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 no. That's even because if you miss that one, you're fucked. That's it. Okay, I know that. So when I, I got, at I, least with this one, at least if you go for two both times, you, with that first one, it's a little bit of like, there's your one there, right? Okay, so I'm also saying that you get to win in uh, regulation time instead of overtime. Yeah. Okay, I get that. But I'm saying, okay, Michael Wilbon and I are the same age, by the way. Okay. So I was with, I would have taken the second and gone for it later. Worry about it later. At least you got the money. It's a bird in hand. 
not two in the bush. That's why I'm looking at it. And, and the, that argument has gone on all week, including the other argument about Detroit not running down the clock more when, when um, um, Goff snapped the ball and Bowles not calling that. He went, he went to bed with one timeout. So what did you say the game was over? And after the game, he goes, well, the odds of us doing it, which were true, were like you're at the 20-yard line with uh, 30 seconds left. Are you going to go down the field? And the answer is, well, Patrick Mahomes did it in 13 <laughs> seconds. I'm not saying Baker Mayfield is Patrick Mahomes, but there was that weird analytic too, like Detroit made a mistake and Tampa Bay made a mistake with clock management. But I just think Detroit was just so excited they didn't yeah. give a shit. You know what I mean? But think about that in another game. That could be something that's the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think San Francisco could be hot. So are we going to make our picks? Yeah. So uh, the odds, I just looked at the updated uh, point spread. Uh, we'll start off, I guess we'll go just in order of the games. AFC Championship, Kansas City at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by four and a half. I'm taking the Ravens. I am too, but that point, that's jumped a point, hasn't it? It's kind of gone back and forth all week. Okay, but it's gone up. Okay, so I'm taking the Ravens all day. Lamar Jackson, this is your time. I'm cheering for you. Yep. All the way. And, of course, the NFC Championship game, the one that... One pride, baby. One pride. That's all I got to say. Now, here's the weirdest thing. What's the spread now? Detroit at San Francisco. San Francisco favored by seven and a half. Do you know that all the money came in on Detroit and the, and the, and the spread still went up for San Francisco? You really? know those betting guys that come on TV and say, here's the trends, here's the lines? Yeah. A bag load of money came in on Detroit because it opened at six and a half and it went to seven and a half and all the Detroit money came in. That's because they're saying this, San Francisco is a better team on roster. And I hate to say this, if um, San Francisco wins comfortably, is anyone going to be surprised? No, I think they're going to win by 10. That's what everybody's saying. But I'm going, no, man, I think Detroit's front seven is going to pull this off. I want to yell out the pheasant run football crew right now because, and everybody that's in the playoff pool. Oh, by the way, Andrew, my son and I are in first place. Oh, congratulations. If Kansas City and Detroit win today, the pool's over. The pool is wow. over. That's all we need. So, um, some Good luck. People, but people are saying, well, Cruz, what about the money? What about the money? Shouldn't you be picking Kansas City? Because at the beginning of the year, who did I pick to repeat? You pick, Well, you just said Kansas City would be back in the Super Bowl okay. against Philadelphia. but Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it would be a repeat. But that's the biggest joke in the, in the history of, um, of football. Not Sirianni still having his job? I think what's even crazier is Bill Belichick may never play coach in the league again. Yeah, because Atlanta's not going to hire him. No, they already hired Raheem Morris. Seattle isn't going to take him, and it's the only opening, no. and they've just got rid of a 70-year-old guy. I think what has happened with Bill Belichick is this is the whole league dumping on him because no one's ever liked the guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what did he say to go into Atlanta? Atlanta, did you see their press release after they um, got rid of uh, – I mean, they hired Raheem Morris? Yeah. Their press release was like a freaking thesis for university because they were saying that they were afraid that Belichick was going to remove too many people that are hired in the organizations and they had to think of families and friends and all this kind of stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Like when I read this, I said, man, this is a thesis on what, how to build an organization or what's going on. But I'm really afraid that Belichick may never – he's turning 72 this year, isn't he? Yeah, he's not a youngster. Okay, and so then you're going to take a year off? Yeah. And then who's going to hire you back? Yeah, that's, that's not a good sign. One more thing to say. Detroit Lions, one pride.
Oh, that's it? I'll say it again if you want. <laughs> okay. I'll say it three times. I am wired, bro. I am so wired. I can't believe it. I can't believe it how wired I am. I'm looking forward to the games. We are only a couple hours away from kickoff for the AFC Championship game. My favorite day for football is Championship Every year. Sunday. I think it's better than Super Bowl. I think Super Bowl so, too. Extravaganza, but that's why I think I'm going to have to go down to... Uh, um, Drums and Flats on Avenue Road. Uh, shout out Johnny Mav. I guess I'm going to come down. There's a bunch of us that have, for the last six years, unfortunately, we usually do it at Chewy's. We come here every year sure. for the uh, for the um, championship I, I would have loved to join you guys this year, but yeah, yeah. Um, we'll do it in the future. And I understand you have a gospel according to Cruz this week. Yes, I do. And I may surprise you, but I want to give you a little bit of history, okay? Ooh. Once upon a time... I was a broke-ass, child-support-paying, single dad, okay? Not of custody of my kids. And if you're back 30 years ago and you want to talk about how they do child support, all you guys paying child support today, just pay it and shut up. Because guys like me set the rules. The rules were way different back then, Andrew. I was getting kicked in the face. Mm -hmm. However, I had two sons that were absolutely crazy about what was then the WWF and is now the WWE. I remember taking them down to Maple Leaf Gardens. I had to eat rice for the rest of the week because the tickets were so goddamn expensive. To see Hulk Hogan fight Macho Man. And the only thing I got out of it was Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon flying off the top ladder match and hitting the mat. You can't fake that. I was like back there and I went, oh my God. In any event, I always thought to myself, this is the silliest, most ridiculous shit on the face of the earth. Like, who watches this stuff? Like, roller derby went the way of the wayside. Why? Because it was just a weird soap opera. However, what has happened here is the continuation of this soap opera has gone beyond anything that I've ever imagined, and it has blown me away. First and foremost, the only event I'm ever interested in was the one that was last night. The Royal Rumble? The Royal Rumble. Only because it's so over the top and you get a number and you get to gamble. So if you get a number and your guy wins. Right, right. I think Billy Idol won last night. I, I, I don't even know who did. that is. Neither, I don't know the guy's name. He looks like Billy Idol. The guy that won. The oh. Royal, he, he looks like Billy. I thought that was like his persona. No, I don't know the guy's yeah. name. I Cody or something. I don't know. I didn't know any of those guys. Roman Reigns. He looks like the bass player in a death metal band. Whatever the case may be, um... There's real sports, and that's real sports entertainment because you got to realize when you turn on a hockey game, a football game, a basketball game, or a baseball game, you are being entertained. Sure. So it's an entertainment show. I'm just blown away that this week Mr. Steve Kahn came on and explained on the Pat McAfee show how Netflix has given WWE $5 billion. Yes. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. To continue on with this shenanigans called a soap opera. So who am I here to sit and say, I don't get it, I ain't watching it, and it's all fake, to the point where you can even bet. You know you could bet in the Royal Rumble last night there's a line in Vegas? Oh, yeah. How do you bet on something that's already preordained? <laughs> Are people this stupid? But you don't know until they come running out of the tunnel, right? But this is like... Well, the NFL scripted too, isn't it? Well, that's why Kansas City and the Taylor Swifties are going to be in the Super Bowl. No, it's right? going to be Baltimore versus San Francisco because the, the logo. logo. Oh, yeah, that's another. Isn't that just weird how that went down? But anyways, I'm not. I'm just saying that I'm not have anything to do with wrestler. I still say say that Steve Austin's the greatest guy. 
or Stone Cold. Stone Cold is still the greatest entertainment. And my son gave to me that that, that was the highest level of money made in the history of um, the WWE, the day with The Rock. The Rock's now on the board of directors of this stuff. He got the rights to The Rock name, too, And the right he? The Rock's name. But guess what? They've been going against Monday Night Football for how many years? And only once have they eclipsed it. And that was the night that Stone Cold fought the rock by the way hmm. so everybody runs from the um the monolith but the wwe is still keeping their feet on the ground and going to it so whether or not somehow that's the greatest <laughs> thing all i can say is the reason i'm bringing it up and i'm blown away with everything going to streaming and peacock trying to buy sports and all these entities trying to grab everything that netflix threw five billion dollars to a bunch of storylines and a bunch of big greasy men. Oh, we can't forget the women, because there's a big women thing. They all look like urban ballet experts to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going. That's what I like when I hear people say WWE is for kids. I go, is it really though? No, that's what I'm just <laughs> saying. But um, big guy, Zachary Lee. I told you I'm gonna give a shout out to something that you guys all watched. Paul Semenuk, the whole crew. I seen you guys online. Y'all were guessing who's going to win, what number they came out. And fortunately, I have four screens in a box, so I didn't have to pay for it. So I just left it on. And all I can say is, at the end of the day, I knew who CM Punk was. And I want to know who the hot black chick is in the silver outfit. <laughs> okay, I'd like to know who she is. And uh, I, yeah, I knew who CM Punk is. But uh, when I was done, I thought to myself, hey, Billy Idol won the Royal Rumble. Sorry, I don't know the guy's name. Yeah. So and I'm watching. I seen it. It was on the TV going the whole time, and uh, it's a joke too because the first guy coming in, there's 30 guys, right? Oh, the first guy in there is no chance. He stayed in there for about 40 minutes, though, because you got to give him credit. But the bottom line is, everybody marked this day down January 28, 2024, because this is the most time that'll probably ever spent. On dealing with something as Looney Tunes as the WWE at five billion dollars from Netflix is not that insane. That that is insane, so but believable at the same time. Well, anything can happen because Taylor Swift's a football fan now, right? So, is that the bar? I don't know, but I'm just saying to all you WWE people that keep making this thing happen, if it makes you happy, yeah, fair enough. Keep doing it. You yep. know what I'm saying? And I think that's going to just about do it for us this week. Detroit Lions! That's all I got to say. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, once again, I want to thank everybody out there that's been listening. I appreciate it immensely. For all you people that give me little digs about what I say on the show, show us a like. Let us know you're listening. We know there's a bunch of you out there that keep coming back. But for the people that talk to me on the side... Um, my producer here is the one that directs traffic that way. Let him know you're listening, too, because his people certainly showed out to him. And I want my people to shout out to the crew, too. Yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? This is the house that happens at Chewy's Bar and Grill, rising from the ashes. Yes, it is. We're in here right now. We're going to keep the place alive. Big sh I did shout out to Rod, didn't I, and the crew that went to Dubois? Yeah, you did. Okay, just want to make sure I haven't forgotten about Rodney. But anyways, we are sitting in the belly of the beast called Chewy's Bar and Grill at Martin Grove in Belfield. And from what we can see, it's going to be a great return, don't you think, bro? Absolutely. Serge, we're with you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We know this is the house that happens. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. One pride, but what do we do? We keep, we the, keep the, the Bible, Bible alive. alive.
You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens, and follow us on Twitter at House Happens. You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.